Now this is something because we've been talking about this for six weeks. We've yelled at each other a lot and then it comes time to record and we hit technical difficulties. It's not as if we've had time to plan for this at all, given that I've mentioned this probably halfway through November. It's a very special B-plus show with no name, end of 2019 wrestling review extravaganza. And holy shit, I've watched so much wrestling this year. As I welcome in the host creator of the B-plus podcast, he lives in Adelaide. We don't hold it against him. It's Greg Schneider, Greg <laughs> Nog, Greg Gregster what? Bunny, whatever else there is. Greg's giving... What yeah. else is there? Hello, All Greg. The, I'm Greg Unchained, buddy. Greg Unchained for Unchained.media, which is, you know, still pending. Anyway, no, I, it's, dude, so much wrestling. So much wrestling this year. It's insane. I've, no, I've honestly, no, I've watched way too much. I, I'm, I'm getting towards the end of the thing that I started in the first wrestling show I watched in 2019. I have not missed one Raw, one SmackDown, one NXT, one pay-per-view, uh... Add in all the New Japan broadcasted shows that are done live, except for the Tag League, because who gives a fuck about Tag League, let's be honest. And add in AEW shows, PWA shows, and just other random crap that I've watched. I've, I'm going to count it up and uh, and reveal it on show with no name. I reckon I would have watched near on 300 wrestling shows this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I missed a lot of the Raws and Smackdowns and stuff. It's no secret. I gave up on WWE uh, a long time ago. I still watch the big shows. I still watch NXT every week. Uh, I watch every AEW, uh, everything they put out. I've been watching NWA, you know. Um, I watch a lot of stuff online. I watch a lot of the indie stuff that you don't necessarily catch as well. Yeah. But yeah, I, I the amount of hours I've spent watching wrestling this year is absolutely ridiculous. And a big part yeah. of it's been I, I've been I sort of dedicated myself to the podcast almost full time for a good portion of the year uh, because I'm at home with the kids and I just had the ability to do so. But reality setting in now and I'm, I'm going back to uni and I've got, uh, you know, work and all that sort of stuff uh, kicking me up the ass. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of I'm having to cull back out of necessity. So I had that. I usually have Mondays and Tuesdays off in my real job, as listeners and my mates would know. So I can watch every pay-per-view and every Raw. And then SmackDowns usually, was well, up until about six, eight weeks ago, was on Wednesday mornings. And I usually don't start work till Wednesday afternoons. I usually do like a 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. shift. So mm. earlier in the year, I could sneak in SmackDown. But at this time of year, it's shit because it doesn't start till midday. Whereas earlier in the year, it started like 9 a.m. because of all the weird time differences that we had going. So it worked perfectly for me. I'm like, I might as well get myself in and do one full year of this. But as listeners of my show, my friends, and probably even you know, fuck, I'm moving to Greece in three months, so yeah, you're heading off. Can't do this again. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to fold you into our shit at the B plus, and you're like, well, kind of going to Europe, and I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I could probably do till WrestleMania because I'm probably not going to leave till the start of April. So if you need someone to do that, I could do right. that. Yeah, post WrestleMania. We'll that yeah. <laughs> that's, that's crazy so, though. That's going to be big. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be weird. I'm going to be so disconnected from everything that I'm used to. But hey, new challenge, new life. It's uh, what I'm looking forward to. But that's not what we're here for today. No, so to give no. a basic rundown of today, we're going to give, to start off, top 10 WWE superstars. And depending how lazy I feel, we may edit in some music. Top 10 rest of the world superstars. I feel our lists are going to be very different because mine's going to be sort of 
New Japan, PWA, and a bit of other indie stuff. Greg watches so much more than I do. Uh, then it's going to be, we're going to talk about our highlight of the year, our shows of the year. We may even mention a letdown of the year. We threw some stuff out on social media to get people interactive with. Uh, what else have I got? Breakout star of the year, if I haven't said match of the year, that. And then we'll finish off with our top five overall wrestlers of the year, given that we're naming 20 each. We're going to name five each as our top. I almost feel as if our number one in one of the categories, maybe possibly two, will be exactly the same. Uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like I feel like we're going to line up bits and pieces, but I think we will diverge wildly in other areas as well. I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and that's it. Well, mate, we may as well not waste any time on this. This show will probably run long. So we'll start off with the uh, our top 10 WWE wrestlers of the year. And uh, Greg, you know what? You can start off, mate, with your number 10 as we go 10 through to 1. 10 down to 1. Okay, look, this is hard for me because I don't watch all of WWE because I find the WWE uh, in-ring product to be relatively sanitized, relatively uh, kind of samey. A lot of the matches feel the same, right? Do you ever yeah. get that when you're watching so much WWE? Do you ever feel like it just feels the same? Sometimes you just sit there and you're like, what have I done for the last three hours? But thankfully with what I do, I'm able to sort of have it on in the background as I'm watching it and do other stuff. So that kind of helps. Yeah, I've found it's definitely more enjoyable when you're doing other things, um, which is, I don't think that's that's good, because I remember being a kid and just sitting down and just devoting my life to watching it, and as soon as it finished, I'd rewind and watch it again, you know what I mean? Like, But it's it's not like that anymore, but starting at number 10, uh, so I, I tend to go with these lists, I tend to go with people that make me feel things, um, and, <laughs> and, and starting at number 10, I, I've, I've gone with uh, Matt Riddle. Okay. He's had some banger matches. Right in yep. NXT, and uh, I also factor in non-in-ring stuff. So I'm like, like storyline-wise, I don't think he's really done anything super special. But all his social media stuff with Goldberg yep. and all the stuff that he does online has been hilarious. So I went with Matt Riddle at, at in, in the number ten slot for WWE. See, I want him and Goldberg at WrestleMania. That'd just be fun. Just like yeah, they sprint for six minutes. It'd be great. Let Riddle kick him out. I don't have Riddle on my list. I'll say that now. But my number ten is a bloke who's wrestled. Five matches in 2019, and who would have thought this bloke would? Each, I think he's changing wrestling. It's Bray Wyatt slash the Fiend. Man, okay, yep. The Firefly Funhouse starts off as this innocent kid show, and everyone was wondering what it'd be when it happened, and it was completely opposite to what everyone thought it'd be. A kid show that lures everyone in, but then becomes your worst nightmare, and this Fiend comes out. Like the promos have been nothing short of amazing. I think the entrance is just perfect seeing it live in person when it was the first ever time at SummerSlam, amazing he's universal champion and as i said he's wrestled five matches all year but he has to be on this list for his promo work it just it goes deeper than a usual wwe story because you look back to the people he's attacked there's history there and he reaches to that history and that's why the fiend comes out it's just i love bray white i love the fiend i'm all for it Dude, Bray Wyatt's a guy who, like, he... Do I tell you where he sits on my list? Do I, no, do, I do that? No, no. Okay, all right. Yeah, and no, we all haven't right. we haven't uh, actually swapped lists or anything. We may have no. mentioned, like, you know, when we first started out, like, how can someone so not be on this list kind of thing, but that's probably yeah. it. Yeah, so so mine, I, I do have uh, The Fiend quite a bit higher than the number yep. 10 slot. So uh, I guess I'll, I'll give my thoughts on The Fiend when, when we get to it yeah. there. So with my list, I've more gone... In-ring success, storyline success, and not as much as your social media and overall. So that'll yeah. be the telling telling one through my WWE list. 
Mine's mine's all based on the feel, man. It's all feel yeah. for me. I know I that sounds people, people very fairy things but... in this list too. So it's yeah. I've got the same sense as you, um, but mine just a little different look at it, which makes wrestling so great anyway. Yeah, well, it's also subjective. It's also subjective. Yeah. Anyone who's like, no, a, a five star match and, rah, rah, and all this sort of stuff. I'm sorry, but uh, Orange Cassidy versus Joey Janela is a five star match to me, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so I can't. It, it's all subjective. The uh, number nine, though, winning for me. the tag team schmozzle at Coliseum dude, was a five star match. Dude, I fucking loved that match. That's the greatest yeah. uh, tag team gauntlet match I've ever seen in my life, right? Mm. Uh, but we'll, we'll probably talk about that later. Yeah, we'll get to that uh, so, later. <laughs> number nine in WWE land, I had Roman Reigns because talk about you know okay. a comeback. Talk about Makes a comeback. Yeah, well, uh, just just the fact that as well, uh, you know, they've they've sort of they've pulled pulled off the gas with him. Oh, big right? time! They've pulled off the gas, and that sort of gives him room to just like he doesn't have that pressure anymore. Uh, like, cause remember when he was right on top and stuff and, and he'd be doing interviews and he'd put his foot in his mouth. He'd say something dumb and, and we'd all be like, how's this guy, the top guy? How's anyone meant to relate to this guy? And now that he doesn't have that, he's just so much easier to connect with. Yeah. And I'm so like... I've really enjoyed his year overall. Yeah. That's fair. I haven't got him on my list straight up. He's not on my list, I, but I'm enjoying that he's in essence done nothing other than win that Survivor Series match a few weeks ago. I'm, yeah, I think in the new year we'll see a push for Roman Reigns, but I can understand why I have on the list. How can you not have the cancer survivor there if it's about making you feel stuff? Yeah, well, he's it's it's not just that though. It's just the the whole reset that it's been for him, and yep. that they haven't tried to push him down our throats. Uh, but I think that's probably going to change come twenty twenty because oh, I sure. see. I see a repeat here with you know the fiend in the position of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns rising Slime. up. Yep. Yeah, I, I think we're going to get the exact same thing, and people are going to turn on it again. Maybe they won't this time. Maybe they won't turn on it. Uh, I, yeah. I'm far less likely to turn on it because I've always said that I enjoy him as a worker. He he puts on good matches. Oh, he does. He, he, he really does, and I agree with you there. But he's not yeah. on mine, as I said. As we get to my number nine, we did say that like we could have factions and tag teams together. So for mine, I'm going to say the, the combined team of Undisputed Era, which is Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong because at the start of the year, tag team champions were Roddy Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. To end the year, it's Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish with Roddy Strong as your NXT UK champion. Uh, not UK, just North American, sorry. Just note, we are recording this on the 17th of December, so next two weeks of NXT stuff could happen, but we're going to release this yeah. hopefully on Christmas Day. But as I said, start and end the year as tag champions, two different reigns. They've been all over the card, top to bottom. They've legitimately tried to kill themselves in that ladder match, uh, Fish and O'Reilly, which was fantastic. Roddy Strong is the most underrated wrestler. <laughs> I, I love wrestler. that. They tried to kill themselves. It's fantastic. <laughs> they literally did. I watched that ladder match during the week just to get ready for this. I'm like, man, Fish and O'Reilly are just trying to out-murder each other. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And then you add in Roddy Strong, who's possibly top five worker of the decade in all of wrestling. Who's yep. just molded into this arrogant ab dickhead so well. Just swarmy, sneaky. How he won that triple threat at Survivor Series was fantastic. How he won the title was fantastic. I love Roderick Strong. I love the Undisputed Era. I love the air guitar. We can't not mention the air guitar that Kyle O'Reilly does. And an underrated tag team match, NXT TakeOver Phoenix, War Raiders, Viking Raiders, whatever you want to call them, whatever they are now, 
against the Undisputed Era was fantastic. Yeah. Look, I, I love, I don't have, I feel awful. So my process, i got to say, my process for this, because I, I was telling you before we went on air, my computer shot itself. I lost all my spreadsheets and whatnot. My process was uh, drinking whiskey and eggnog last night and looking through Cage Match to sort of uh, cobble together my lists. But Fair enough. I've got I a list have of every match era. that I've watched this year. Like I have... Yeah. A rating yeah. and everything next to it it's ridiculous it's crazy. See, even then i didn't i didn't write down every match like my my spreadsheet was when something stood out to me i put it in the spreadsheet right no, mine not, wasn't tracking I've everything got this, like for example i look at seth rollins has had 50 matches up until today with an average rating of 3.25 right you're oh you're one of those you're one of those I guys ask rose i'm completely insane and then if i've got a point system as well and the average point is 17.56 a match just just go with it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you have a point. A point. Okay, I'm gonna have to get you to break this point system down yep. for me at some point. But no. Um. But I don't have undisputed error on my list. Uh, okay. Just, just, just blank. Yeah. It's just gone over my head. And but I would absolutely. I regret that. Can I have them as a special, like a honor, honorable mention? Yeah. Yeah. We can do some honorable mentions after for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because because uh, I just love how uh they make being so uncool cool somehow because yeah. they're not they're, cool. a bunch of they're not cool at all yeah they're, they're a bunch and, of nerds <laughs> but but everyone's oh they're the cool heel group no they're really they're ridiculously uncool like they drip watch kyle o'reilly when he does a backstage <laughs> interview that gets thrown up on dot com or twitter it is the best <laughs> so good uh yeah. so moving moving into number eight uh we have our first australian oh our only Australian in WWE land. Uh, looking at my list here, uh, Buddy Murphy. Uh, yep, I can. Yep, yeah, I can say that. So Buddy Murphy again. Like he makes me feel things because we have that Australia connection and all that. But he 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 had a big year with his. You know that that match with Roman Reigns that he had on SmackDown that absolutely stole the show. Right. Uh, he's was had, there for it live. Was fantastic. Crowd went right. Nuts. Right, and, and he's had. He's just had. Uh, you know, banger matches, banger matches, banger matches. Like going back to last year as well, like with his two hundred five live run and stuff. But he's uh, Buddy Murphy is one guy who I think. I mean, he's he can't we can't call him the best kept secret anymore. But he's still no. severely underrated, I would say. And and so I've I've decided to rate him and put him on my list there at number eight. Fair enough. Not in my list, but watch the match with Alistair Black from TLC. Dead set best match of the night yes. easily. Yeah. Yeah. As we get he's into my Black's number, nose, though. Oof. Yeah, that's it. That was a great match, though. But as we get into my number eight, it's a guy who I just mentioned. It's Seth Rollins. I have him at eight, which is weird because he won the Royal Rumble to start the year. He pins Brock Lesnar twice, and he's only number eight. I don't have him at all. He's a Okay, you don't have him at all. So, (laughs) fair enough. Like, at the Rumble, it was just sort of like, okay, Seth's going to win this. Let's see how they do it kind of thing. Yeah. The crowd was behind him because there was no Roman and he'd had such a good 2018 at the back end with the, with his work rate. But he never had that amazing match this year. And yeah. I think when they paired him with Becky after it came out that they were in real life together, he got to make, be made look like a massive dweeb. Like he just uh-huh. never came... There, there was one moment in that whole mid-year storyline was when... Uh, Corbin hit the end of days on Becky and Seth just snapped and beat the shit out of Corbin. But then Brock came out cashing the title and, and everyone forgot about that. But for those two minutes, I'm like, yes, that is the Seth I want to see. But yeah, yeah, there's you, the way he's been booked, you've got to do it. This heel turn has legs, though. I think that I, I like it. I, I've just finished watching Raw um, and 
I'm interested to see where they go with this. I'm looking it forward to seeing. Yeah. It but, could go somewhere because we turned on him and they went with it. And I like how it's playing into real life, how he thinks he's a leader, but no one thinks he is. Yeah. Kind of like a, kind of like CM Punk. Yeah. That whole thing. Like if you call yourself a locker room leader, you know, you probably aren't all that sort of stuff. But no, I, I don't know. For me, Seth Rollins, he's just been a dork all year. He yeah. has. He's been a dork. And, and Becky, Becky, he, I feel like that can be said for 90% of wrestlers though. <laughs> right. Just yeah. get off Twitter. Just get off Twitter. Corey Graves, if you listen, oh, get off Twitter. We're gonna get go off. down. We're gonna go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> let's go to number seven. <laughs> number seven, I had uh, kind of related to the to the Buddy Murphy, the uh, Mustafa Ali. So now we're into people that, that I do. I just I really enjoy their ring work. Yeah. Uh, and they've had they've had kind of breakout years. So maybe I should have put them on the breakout list. But WWE is hard for me in general. So I've I've yep. put I put Mustafa Ali at number seven. Uh, no particular big moment or big match or anything. But again, I, I do factor in their online stuff. And you look at WWE at the moment and the way they push this, like Ricochet's thing with superheroes can be real. Superheroes can be real, right? And they beat you over the head with it and it makes Ricochet look like a chump. But Mustafa yeah. Ali, meanwhile, is literally being a real-life superhero. He's a former cop. He's absolutely killing it in the ring. He's one of the most athletic dudes they've got. Uh, he puts on banger matches time after time. And he's out there get, getting kids to shows for free and giving them uh, masks for Halloween because they wanted to... To they couldn't afford a costume, so he sends them one of his actual masks. Shit like that. Like, what an absolute legend this dude is. So I've got him on my list there at number seven. Can't knock that at all. Like, seems like one of the nicest humans in the world. But I'll, I'll say he's not on my list. But he had a stack of matches like in January, February on SmackDown that were fantastic. But yeah, my number seven uh, is Io Shirai. Now mm. I absolutely love her work. Solid. Solid. Ever choice. since she turned heel in July, when she just turned into this like psychotic rager goth chick i don't know what it is but everything since then has just clicked matches with candice LeRae at takeover was one of my favorite matches of the year plus that four way to start off uh, nxt on usa network adding adding the cage match uh, with shana adding the match at takeover 25 her work has been perfect throughout the year the heel turn was something she needed rather than being the the nice oriental Japanese typical thing that WWE seemed to do that they did with mm. her, Kari Sane and Asuka. Uh, I just love everything about Aisha. I could watch her wrestle every day, but we can't forget some of the tag work she did at the start of the year with Kari as well. And also one of the cool moments at the start of the year in the Rumble when Kari Sane was getting beaten up and she stuck out her hand for Aisha and Aisha double drop kicked people and just hit them with the perfect moonsault. And again, let's mention the moonsault from War Games from the top of the fucking cage. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Io Shirai is incredible. And let's mention the the banger of a theme song. Can we cut away oh, to it? Can you do you want mate. to do that? Uh, we could I'll, I'll dub it in, you know. I'll dub it in for her. <laughs> Cuz Poppy, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Poppy. I love Poppy. She's the right amounts of weird she out. Yeah. Yeah, I like that though. It does oh, it for me. So, I, did you go to Good Things? I wish I went to Good Things just so I could, when she played that song, just stand there in the crowd, just be like, "Yo!" Nah, EO! PWA was on, dude. I was there. <laughs> just like I'm at a stardom show, just high pitched, "Yo!" Yeah, no, it, very good, very good, yeah. uh, very good choice. Again, didn't make my list because I'm an idiot, but love you, <laughs> Shirai. And that that theme song. If we were doing a list of theme songs, that's an absolute fucking banger. Yeah. So. Back off. Um, 
I'm going to go with uh, number. We're up to number six, right? Number six. Yes. We're up to number six. Yeah, yeah number six. Yep. yep. Okay, cool. I cut out for a bit there. Sorry. Uh, Charlotte. I put Charlotte in here. Um, oh, crap. Forgot you to left put her, her on off? mine. Not on my list. Not on your list at all. Right. See, our lists are so vastly different. This is this is what makes wrestling great. I, again, it's. I I don't have any big moments this year with WWE to be honest with you yeah. not, not major stands out it's but just bodies of work and yeah. you can't argue with Charlotte's body of work in 2019 so oh, it's, it's when people in the Rumble had the match with Trish that I was there for plus main events Wrestlemania I don't have her on my list Jesus <laughs> <laughs> that's an oversight not just Wrestlemania has she may have had a couple of shows this year I'm trying TLC, to think yeah last night um now, TLC and Mania were her two, I think. Oh, she wasn't. That's right. The Becky was the main event of Survivor yep. Series with, yeah. with the um, yeah. yeah, the triple threat. And yeah. she had yeah. she had a marquee match at SummerSlam too, and she was in the r- longest person in the Rumble. So it's sort of all the big pay per views she did, she did do something. Yeah, yeah. and she's Charlotte Flair. Like I feel like she's yeah. going to be on these lists for years to come. Uh, it's just it's... like you just look at her and just go, yeah, she's amazing, but you don't really think about it because she's so consistently good, and that's a complete oversight by me that she's not in. Like maybe I could have had her at ten, but I'm kind of really happy with my list. So if I had an eleventh, it'd be her because this was just another bit of an eh year for Charlotte. Like she won the title three times, yeah, but held it there. for a week, and said yeah. in her own words, she's like, I've been doing nothing since WrestleMania. Oh, dude, I saw I saw a podcast with her. I think it might have been uh, not Sam Wrestling. I'm not sure. She had one with Graves. It was with Graves last week. Well, I didn't, I didn't, I haven't heard that one, but I remember she was interviewed with, and uh, she was interviewed by Not Sam, like right before she lost the title. And she was, she was saying to him in the interview, she she was just like, he's like, oh, you've held the title so many times or whatever. And she's like, yeah, but for how many days? Like, what is the, like, even even she is commenting on how ridiculous it is. Like, it's very clear. They just want her to reach daddy's number. But oh, yeah. it doesn't mean anything because she None wins it loose back. And... this year meant anything. Like, no. she held it three times, I think, or twice, and that didn't mean anything. Whereas you go back, like, last year and the year before where they sort of all meant something and she had long runs. And then there was the time where she went back and forth with Sasha, which was amazing. But this year, just yeah, probably like a, an A- minus for Charlotte, which is probably why she's not on the list, <laughs> which is ridiculous to say. It's... it's... It's a bit of an upset. It's a bit upsetting that it is like that, but that's just kind of that's how it is in WWE. That's someone we'll talk so, about later. A Carter is probably the same as well. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. had a very similar year, to yeah. be honest. As but we again, get to my number, so six, good in the ring, you can't ignore it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. My, speaking of good in the ring, I think this person is great in the ring. Number six. Now, if he'd wrestled post SummerSlam weekend, he'd probably be number two, pushing on number one. And that's Johnny Gargano. Uh, right. He started the year with an absolute classic with Ricochet that people have seemingly forgotten. I've dead set watched that match 25 times. It was phenomenal. He had the storyline with Champa that looked like it was going to get paid off, and unfortunately it didn't. But in steps Adam Cole to take that slot, and then they main evented three takeovers together. But that match, New York City, WrestleMania weekend, or Brooklyn, I've never been so invested in a wrestling match ever in my life. Was that- was that the two out of three falls? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. when Gargano that won match. the title. Love that I was match. screaming yes. at the TV. It was So for people who know me, it was Doncaster Day at Ramwick. I skipped Doncaster Day to watch this match specifically. It was right. his crowning moment. I loved it. The next two takeovers were both perfect matches. 
Uh, hasn't wrestled since being taken out by Finn. I can't wait till they get to that. Probably in, at Takeover Portland, he's had he's had he had main evented four takeovers. As I said, and they were all five star matches. If if you do star ratings, they were, for me they were perfect in their own different way. He has to be on the list, but he's only number six because he's done nothing for four months because he's been injured. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I I do have him higher on the list. I do. Yeah. We him, did discuss we did up. discuss this where I was like, can I put Gargano one if he hasn't wrestled since August? And you're like, well, we can, <laughs> but when I thought about it, I was like, six is probably a good spot for him. Yeah, I, I've I've definitely got him a, a bit higher. At number five, I have uh, my first faction, right? Uh, taking yep. advantage of the faction, the and I've, I put the New Day at okay. number five. Yeah, uh, mostly for the Kofi moment. Yep. Can I All just right. slot in? I've got him. I've got Kofi Kingston at number five too. Right, yeah, it's a good spot for him. It's a good spot yep. for him. And basically, I, I just, I wanted to squeeze them all in there because I love all of them, and I think, I, I do think Big E is ready for a big push. I think, yeah, uh, you know, and uh, in terms of the online stuff, right? Which I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of wrestlers doing things that aren't wrestling, right? Big E's because well, not just Big E's Twitter, but Xavier Woods, uh, his whole like the YouTube, yep. the, the gaming, all the stuff. I'm a fan of wrestlers doing things that aren't wrestling uh, because there's only so many bumps you, you can take in yep. a life, right? And so, and, and Xavier Woods is just such a model of that and just how he's, uh, you know, got the, the whole YouTube channel and he's, he's a celebrity in gaming now. He showed up as a guest on uh, Critical Role. I don't know if you're familiar with Critical yeah. Role. No idea. It's it's a D and D series, right? So they okay. play Dungeons and Dragons, and they were playing it live at Comic Con. They they do an, an adventure, and he showed up as one of the actors to play in this Dungeons and Dragons game as an extra for part yeah. of the adventure. Like he's a celebrity in that space, okay. uh, which is a big thing for me. And so I I've that I brought the whole group in to take advantage of that Kofi moment and put Fair the enough. new day at number five. See, so I had him at five because I think his rise was so organic that you couldn't miss it. And no one saw it coming, but because he had just these amazing gauntlet matches and elimination chambers in the space of like a week and a half, they're just like, okay. Because there was no real direction for the SmackDown WWE title at that point. So they're just like, okay, yeah. well, got to give it to Kofi. And they played it out. They weren't <laughs> going to give it to him. And then they did. It was just fantastic. People say his run wasn't great. He was one of the strongest book champions ever. I think he was beaten yeah, once. I enjoyed it. I think it's hard honestly, to be a babyface champion. It is. And I think he was beaten <laughs> once that whole time. And then let's just not mention the Brock Arboration because it was just, you know. I just, ranted about that. That yeah. was trash. It made me very angry. Yeah. Yeah. It was night one Fox. I get why they did it. And when I interviewed Kofi, I'm like, why would you run straight at him? He's like, I thought it was the right idea. And he's like, next time I'll do something <laughs> different. So, yeah. He's ended the uh, year as tag champion. I just think... Those gauntlet matches in the Elimination Chamber were just mwah, just chef's kiss. So he's got to be number yeah. five. He yeah. could have been higher, but I mean, right in the middle is a perfect slot for him. He did have the WWE title for like two hundred days. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he he did he did what uh, like you said you can't ignore the rise that he had right. And he he yeah. did to steal the gimmick from Cody. He he went from undesirable to undeniable in a place where that's almost impossible. Dude, I was so, at the Royal Rumble and Kofi Kingston comes out. I'm like, oh, he's not winning. He'll do something cool and get tossed out. I'm, a month later, it's like, no, we want him to win the title at Mania. Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. It's time. Yeah, yep. it was great. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, number four. Number four for me, I have The Fiend. Okay. Ray Wyatt. Uh, so I I don't care how many matches you've wrestled in the year. I don't oh. care. <laughs> all I oh, care man. about, all I care about is how you're connecting 
to me, to the people, uh, to you know the moments. And if you want to talk about moments in WWE this year, I mean Bray Wyatt's kind of it, at least in the latter half of the year. Yeah. In the latter half of the year, I can't think of anything other than Bray Wyatt that's been exciting. Uh, the women's division in general has been solid, but they've kind of slipped a little on the moments as well. But having, yeah, yeah the Fiend, I will say this though, fuck that red red light shit. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. I hate it so much. It's hard to watch, right? I'm disappointed it's not blue now because he's on SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's red because he's like demonic and otherworldly and stuff. But no, but... I like the stuff. I I feel like I I made the comment on one of our shows that uh, his his whole the the Firefly Funhouse and the bits that he does, like having having the Vince McMahon puppet, you know, be oh. like and you do the Muscle Man dance or whatever it was, uh, and like he's making comments on the things he has to do to please this old man who's in charge, and I feel like Vince is just looking at it like ah oh, puppets, <laughs> and Vince doesn't even understand that he's kind yeah. of being. Yeah, I mean, Vince has always been willing to mock himself anyway, but the whole, the Firefly Funhouse at certain points has been a meta commentary on what it's like to work for WWE. Yeah. Oh, it has. <laughs> and it's it's just been amazing to see how did he get this through the big man? Like how did, that, but it, here it is on the TV. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, give give it to Bray Wyatt, definitely. Even though there have been some snafus along the way, right? Like yeah, <laughs> but it's it's Bray Wyatt uh, had a good year, very good year, and about time too, because I thought it was his year when he was up against John Cena at WrestleMania. Oh, that was five years ago, dude. Let's yeah, he should have beaten John, C- and then he should have beaten the Undertaker the next year too. Well, Rusev should have beaten John Cena the year before that, or was it the year was after? It the year after it was the year it after. Might have been the year after. They were two years in a row where I was like, it's time. John Cena's losing. We're making a new megastar. At first, I thought it was Bray Wyatt. Then they didn't do that. Then I was like, well, look, this Rusev guy, and you know, whatever. That's that's well in the past, but I've been ready for a Bray Wyatt year for five years, and yep. it's, it's good to Didn't finally get it. It's good yeah, to finally I love get it. it. He's finally backing up his words in winning matches, which is the best. I just look forward to somehow him scaring the living crap out of Brock Lesnar. That's just what I'm looking forward to at some stage because Brock hates clowns or something something weird. But anyway. I'll say this. The first time he came out um, with the, the lantern, the head lantern, Scared the absolute shit out of my daughter. She went running from the room. I had to go console her. Dude, it was amazing. coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> all the crowd was like, everything leading up to that when I was at SummerSlam was like, what is this going to be like? And then it comes out and we're like, we're trying to sort of figure out like what the music is. And then after like 10 seconds of the song, like, oh my God, it's a hard rock version of his old song. And then all of a sudden you see all the yeah. fireflies in the crowd. So and good. then he's. Every, I love it. I can't speak highly enough of The Fiend. He's probably, oh, I can tell you now, if he keeps doing what he's doing now, he'll be number one next year anyway. But yeah. My number I don't four. Know, I don't know how long they keep it going. That's the problem. I don't know how committed they are to actually making stars. So nah, full to, they, they can't not cash all in on this. It's just, for me, it's just everything about it is perfect. Yeah. But my number four was a person who has gone from in the space of since January 1st, the most hated person in the company to, as of last night, the most over baby face in that company, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. After having in this, he's run as our vegan savior recycle and we're bad for eating McDonald's and shit was the best. Only in WWE can be the guy who wants to save the planet and avoid climate change be the heel, but that's just, that's Vince and it worked. 
he just had that great run with Kofi and then sort of meandered a little bit in the mid-year, but it was still great work, like matches with Buddy Murphy and things like that. I love how him and The Miz, no matter what what situation it is, they just hate each other. It's fantastic. Yes. And then last night, they he They switched returned. his positions. It's amazing. Yeah. And then last night, he returns as... It, it was the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. It yeah. was him. Like he, I sent you that photo, and you're like, dude, that's not last night. I'm like, yeah, man, that was today. <laughs> like You couldn't believe it. He looks the same, but I'll also state he's a dead set Orange Cassidy look-alike, look and... <laughs> It looks like the soul's been taken out of his eyes, but yeah, I love that it. That was the thing I, that was how I noticed. Okay. No, it is, it is a recent photo because when you looked close enough at the eyes, you could see the, the, yep. you know, he was gone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Da- and his work with the fiend. I'm really looking forward to this fiend rematch, probably at the Royal Rumble, but yeah, Daniel Bryan has to be this high up on the list. Yeah. Left Daniel Bryan off myself. A big Daniel Bryan guy, huge fan. Yep. Uh, but yeah, left him, left him off the list just because, uh, nothing really connected with me. I really enjoyed the vegan, uh, champion stuff when he did that and he had the belt and all that. So I was there the night he bought out the new belt. It was the coolest shit ever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And those things sold for like a lot of money online. Not as much as the Bray Wyatt ones. Yeah. The new fiend (laughs) one. That's like seven grand American. Ridiculous. Yeah, but no, it's uh, it's, you know, someone out there's bought that too. Like oh, day yeah, one, sure. day one, someone collected, and it's like, you have more money than brains, sir. Uh, unless you're a listener to the B Plus show with no name, in which case, hello, welcome. Uh, we have a Patreon. <laughs> but yeah, uh, for me, number three, I had Becky Lynch, the okay. man. Yeah, again, it's a body of work thing. Uh, it's feeling thing. I love Becky Lynch. I love everything Becky Lynch does. She can do no wrong. And like you said, when they partnered her up with Seth, I was like, this is going to be trash. But she managed to survive it. Yeah. I, I feel like it destroyed Seth, but she managed to maintain her cool. I think, I don't know, there's something about you know, having your top guy have a girlfriend who's just cooler and more badass and tougher than him. It just didn't work for him. And I also I think for like a lot of guys and also a lot of Becky fans would be like, no, Seth, she's ours. Like, how dare you take her kind of thing? Yeah, well, you and there was a lot of that too. Yeah, absolutely. Neither of them needed it. it. But she managed to survive it, which gets her a spot right up high on the list okay. because uh, she survived the assassination attempt. No guesses. She's higher on my list than number three because my number three is the woman who I think she's on a collision course with. Probably Royal Rumble weekend. As I said, we're recording this before the December 18th NXT. Now I'm talking about the current NXT Women's Champion, Shayna Baszler. So she's defending her title this coming Wednesday. And it's already happened, so I'm going to say it now. As of the 17th, I think uh, Shayna Baszler will lose the title on this upcoming NXT. So we'll know next week when we release this if I'm right or wrong. Yeah, if I'm wrong, don't at me. Shut up. But she's the champion for 400 days. She's yeah. been beat once, and that was by Rhea Ripley at War Games. Now, a lot of people are sort of sick of her, but I think they've also, the whole time, Triple H has been waiting for the right person to beat her. Bianca Belair at the start of the year wasn't the right person, but it put Bianca in that spot. I thought it was EO's time at TakeOver 25, but I can now, now that I've done the heel turn, I understand why it wasn't. Mia Yim was never going to beat her in uh, Canada. War Games doesn't defend the title. The time is right. Rhea Ripley is now a superstar against her. But what I love about Shayna 
Baszler is her matches are so different. They're a fight. It's not a cool, pretty NXT wrestling match. It's gritty. It's a fight. She, as she says, tap, snap, or nap. I love yeah. Shayna Baszler. I feel as she's never going to put on a five-star match, but they're always fantastic. And they thing about wrestling is it is meant to make you cringe at times. Shayna, but like, because it looks like it hurts. Shayna yeah. Baszler matches make you go, oh, that really hurt. Let's also mention she won the Survivor Series main event, so she's kind of got to be number three. Yeah, that's where people, uh, the the whole wrestling looking messy and like a fight, that's where people who diss Sasha Banks style, I don't understand. Like Sasha Banks, I always, I, I worry that she's getting hurt. You know, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. The way she bumps and the way she looks in the ring. Uh, so I've always been a big fan of that. But uh, Shane is on the other side of it where it's like she she could legitimately hurt anyone at any time. Yeah. And she she does bring that MMA vibe. To a legit background too. Like, yeah. let's be real. Ronda Rousey, Four Horsewomen, all that jazz. She does it better than Ronda, though. Yeah, but I like Ronda's style as well, whereas she just throws herself into it and is just like, I'm going to hurt you and I don't care if I hurt myself. So I, I love Ronda Rousey wrestling. If she dead set wrestled to SummerSlam, she would have been on this list. I love Ronda Rousey wrestling. Right. We're going to fantasy book later, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll fantasy book later. Okay, cool, cool. Because I've got some fantasy booking there. It's probably my only WWE fantasy two. booking. Yeah, number two for me, I had Johnny Gargano, right? Okay. Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, you already listed it all. Yeah. Uh, he had an incredible year in ring. He had an incredible year storytelling. Uh, you know, We'll leave the Adam Cole Gargano pizza joint stuff out of it, maybe. <laughs> nah, that was fun. That was fun. I enjoyed it. it. No, I did enjoy it. I, but I, I like it. it. I like it because Adam Adam Cole is a cocky heel. I like it. I did enjoy it. But no, uh, Johnny Gargano, like you said, uh, matches that that two out of three falls match. Oh, just so good. insane. And, and like I was, it, it's one of those moments where I'm just fully invested, just yelling at the TV. Like you don't yep. look at your phone at all the entire no. time. Um, you know, you're tweeting with one hand without looking at it, you know, like it's, yeah, oh, it no, I, didn't, I don't think I did anything that much other than scream at the TV and lose yeah. my mind when he won. Yeah. So, uh, Gargano gets the, the number two spot for me because, uh, cause I'm an NXT guy. So yep. of course my, my top two spots are going to be NXT people. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. We're going to have the same number one, but we'll get to my number Clear. two. Number two for me is Becky Lynch. Royal Rumble winner, WrestleMania, WrestleMania main event winner. She's lost once cleanly all year. That was in January at the Royal Rumble. She's been wow. the Royal Champion since WrestleMania. She got the loudest crowd reaction I think I've ever heard. Now, when she came out at that Royal Rumble to take Lana's spot and they flashed her up on the big screen, the crowd was just like like going, like, get her in, get her in. And then when, yeah. when Finley did the hand move, like, yep, you're in. And her music hit. I've never heard a crowd go from that loud level to that next level loud level. Like you've always heard about the Austin pops and things like that. This was 50,000 people losing their collective minds. Yeah. It was, I, I've said it before. My heart rate hit 160 something during that match. When she, when she got the job done, like I was so invested on Becky Lynch winning that Royal Rumble. It was the right time. It it had to happen. It was one of those things where, how could you not uh, just, yeah, 2019 started so well for WWE. <laughs> and the next night was great when she said those three words to Ronda, I choose you, and we all go off our mind. It was perfect. Yeah. Average booking stopped her from being number one. Now, she cut yeah. a promo today basically saying, the WWE are holding me back again. They don't want me to face Asuka. So they're telling the story of how, how Asuka, ever since, ever since they've been together in WWE, has beat Becky Lynch. 
Becky right. has never once beat Asuka if you yeah. go through their history. So Becky now wants Asuka. That looks to be a uh, match at the Royal Rumble after obviously Asuka and Kari Sane won the uh, TLC match last night. And it's looked like, okay, Becky's back on the it's me versus the world again, even though she's the number one baby face. I like it. It's given her that edge. So if you haven't seen that promo, I think just watch over the next few weeks. Becky Lynch will be uh, back to where she was basically this time last year. Uh, love everything about her. Have to have, would have loved to have put her at number one, but let's be honest, Greg, we have the same number one. Adam Cole's too good, baby. Baby. Yeah, you can, uh, it just the year he's had, the, the matches he's had, uh, and he's a guy who I never thought I'd put him as a top wrestler of the year for any promotion because he doesn't go hard every time. But I've I've come to appreciate that. Like he he's he's a guy you can watch him, and he 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 does have a TV match style and a big match style. He has very separate matches, right? Uh, he doesn't give it his all. Uh, in a TV match, unless it's a, Which is a smart. big TV match. Yeah, but uh, as I'm getting older, I'm kind of appreciating that more. Like, in, in Ring of Honor, I did not appreciate that about him, Yeah. right? Because Ring of Honor is a big match company. That's what I want. Yep. I want that all the time, no matter where you are on the card. I want the big match out of you. Uh, in NXT, I like it. In WWE, I like it. Uh, and I feel like this may be the last year of Adam Cole being great just because booking wise i don't see vince ever doing anything with him he's a very small lad but the fact that he did get to beat daniel bryan clean in the middle on smackdown he beat seth rollins such a good match too he may have entered every takeover except for phoenix which he wasn't on but he was involved in the closing show segment he's the champion he's defending it on uh against finn balor on wednesday night i don't know how that match is gonna go but he's carried the brand in the usa network era like Everything yep. about him is top guy. You can't. He could not be number one after the year he's had. Like all of those. He let his stable to all the amazing. gold as well. Yeah, yeah. The prophecies were fulfilled. Everything. Yes. So, <laughs> Adam Cole number one for both of us. I knew that had happened. I feel as if our number one in the rest of the world will probably be the same. Also, it but should be. Yeah. It should be. It should be the same for everyone in the in the fucking world. Anyone who does a podcast, a website, anything, if they don't have yeah. this person at number one, I, I don't know what the I hell think, they're doing. Yeah, if if your number one in WWE <laughs> isn't Becky or or Adam, I can argue against you, unless it's probably the Fiend. Just that's probably the only person you could speculate, but he just hasn't done enough work. But We'll talk about some people who have been unlucky for me. Charlotte didn't get there. Viking Raiders, Matt Riddle, Asuka. AJ Styles just had a typical AJ Styles year. It was great, but nothing stood out this year. Yeah, uh, he does that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's he's pretty so good. That's pretty some, common for AJ. Yeah, he's someone got told me the other day that AJ Styles is the Steve Smith of wrestling, if you understand cricket. I do not. So Steve Smith not. is like just not loves... Steve Smith just loves cricket and loves batting, and he's so damn good at it. Steve Smith, uh, AJ Styles is the same, but wrestling. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I don't have any honorable mentions for WWE, I don't think, other than, other than uh, you know, the, the ones that I, I mentioned there that I forgot. Daniel Bryan, Undisputed Era, people that just sort of slipped under the radar for me. Uh, a lot of people that I think, you know, could have could have had big years if uh, if it weren't for like little injuries and things like like Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens has been yeah. great when he's there, right? Uh, he love was Kevin the Owens. hottest guy in the company in August, and then it cooled off, and now he's out injured again. I don't know. Yeah, don't well, know. they part they 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 book him up again with Shane McMahon. Like, 
You want to call someone off? Put him in against Shane McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God he's gone, though. But anyway. Yes. Yeah. Let's move Thank on you. to our rest of the world, mate. Um, top 10 rest of the world. So this, I, these are just going to be so different. I can tell already. Um, yeah, this is I'm where gonna you're be... going to have a few moments with me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going to be like, dude, just talk and I'll get there. So anyway, I'll start off this one. So my number 10, and I debated if I should put this person here because in his own words, as he said to me, he's done one thing all year. But it was possibly the biggest thing you could do in independent Australian wrestling, and that was win Coliseum. Uh, so, of course, I'm talking about Matty Warburg. Right. PWA Coliseum in the space of two years has gone to a can't-miss event and possibly the most prestigious thing you can do bar winning a heavyweight title of your own company. Yeah. He beat Chris Basso, Orange Cassidy, and Travis Banks in two nights to win that. And he put himself in a position where he had to win because he got known for losing the big one. He lost to ARG. He lost to TJP. So he, I just thought those two nights really solidified him. But also at the start of the year, he did beat Jimmy Havoc despite outside interference. And his promos, he just he's the best promo in Australian wrestling by so far. It isn't funny. He also was the first person to sell out Max Watts. Him and Ugg were the highlight of that show. They sold out Max Watts for the first time. Yeah. But we roll into 2020. I think the world's his oyster. I won't be surprised if he gets snapped up. But got to have Matty Wahlberg there at 10, even though he did say to me, I've done nothing. Yeah. He's an honorable mention for me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, you can't justify. But you want to put him on there. Emotionally, emotionally, oh, I- you want you want to put him on there because we've been on this ride. The documentary, when I talk about things that have done online, yes. you know, the, the documentary that he did in the lead up to the Warburg vs. Hug, but we can talk about that later, I suppose. Uh, I have an interesting choice at number 10. Yep. He's not a wrestler. Oh, God. Bryce Remsburg. The fuck is that? He's the referee. He's one of the referees for AEW. Oh, okay. is he the dude that keeps pulling two counts? I don't think he is. No, I have a, a no, no. Uh, but he is the referee. He is the referee who did the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stand match over WrestleMania weekend at uh, was it Joey Janela's Spring Break that had Invisible yeah. Man versus Invisible yeah, Stand. Like yeah, like the Joey Janela thing. And uh, if you haven't watched it, you have to watch this. It's the greatest wrestling match of all time. Like this is wrestling. It's it's Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan, right? It's two invisible people, so it's just the referee in the ring. It's up to him to convey that these things are happening, and he does such a brilliant job that I had to put him on my Performer of the Year list because it was it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Sure. <laughs> I knew this would be so different. I've broken you already. Look at this. That That's my big departure is, is, is putting uh, Bryce Remsburg on there. No, because there's that guy from AEW and their referees who ha- has three times already in matches pulled the count when someone hasn't been in the right spot. So I don't know if it's him or another guy, but... I feel yeah, like that's, that's probably that's... Rick Knox because they're doing an uh, angle with Rick Knox uh, no, where he's sort of giving up. I think it's um no, it's the other guy, unless that's Bryce. I don't know which one's which anyway. It's not I, all. I haven't, I, I, I haven't even paid attention to which re- referee it yeah. is that's doing that. I didn't notice. My bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, have to look out what... for it next time. I hope it's not Bryce Remsburg because he's one of the best referees. He's like he's the Chikara referee, Bryce Remsburg. Okay, he came I'm... from Chikara. Yeah. He, to, he was their to... director of fun for a while. So I'll have to Google it and find out. But anyway, not important for now. No. Number nine for me is Naito. Now this dude's booking just confuses me. 
he why isn't he champion why wasn't he given the title at wrestle kingdom 12 the story was there it was redemption for okada and he's had a great year though like he started out beating jericho for the ic title at wrestle kingdom it's widely known okada does not give a fuck about the ic title he does not care but this year all he has stated is that he wants to be a double champion wants to be double champion so he's gone back and forth with the ic title with ibushi putting on fantastic matches I thought he was just a certainty to win the G1. He didn't. But the funniest thing about all this is now to become a double champion, he needs to beat Jay White, the Intercontinental title, a title that he just absolutely despises and treat like, treats like shit to get into this double, double title main event on the 5th of January. I think he'll walk out of Wrestle Kingdom as double champion, but his matches, despite the weird booking, have been fantastic. His G1 was great, despite not winning. Had to have him in here, but... Man, the booking of Tetsuya Naito confuses me a lot. I'm not a Naito guy, uh, yep. but but if he doesn't win the title at Kingdom, I mean that's it. Like he's he has yeah. to. He has the way to the story's gone, champion. it has to be his moment. And if it's not, uh, what what the hell's Ghetto thinking? You know, I, I yeah. honestly don't know. But that said, it's been a it's been a rough year for New Japan in general with me. I. Mm. There's been some confusing things done. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe the maybe the elite departure hurt them more than they want to want to admit. I, I don't know. It just it's felt. I don't think different. it did. I just think the booking's been a bit weird. Yeah. I think uh, so, oh, I think Kenny Omega leaving threw a mad spanner into long term plans, but the other guys not so much. Yeah. Number nine, I bring it to Australia, and I have Jessica Troy. Much number higher. nine. Oh my you have her higher. You have her higher. Yep. I could, I, I don't know. I had her higher initially, but then when other people sort of crossed my mind, I was like, oh, you know, so, and I've, I've kind of bumped her down, but, uh, yep. you know, I'll, I'll make up for it elsewhere. But yeah, Jessica Troy has had an amazing year. She has one of my like, match series of the year. Can I call it that? Like it's, it's a match that has happened in multiple promotions across the country because it's Australia and people aren't necessarily watching VOD. So they can do that. Uh, and yeah. and her, she and Kellyanne just have incredible fucking chemistry and everywhere they've had matches have, has, it's been absolute bangers. Uh, I've enjoyed her work in MCW, obviously PWA becoming the PWA champion. She's just she, Jessica Troy. It's, it's been the year of Troy, to be honest. Yeah, with you. it has. Year for Troy, yeah, uh, yeah. I've got her, so I'll talk about her later. But for me, number eight, continuing, actually, no, I, in no, fairness, oh yeah, you did your right. Sorry, yeah, you've switched. Yeah, yeah, I had neither. <laughs> so yeah. number eight for me is the current IWGP Heavyweight Champion in Okada. Now, okay. people judge Okada very harshly because his 2016, 2017 was just perfect. You couldn't have better big matches than Okada. It was just that good. It was the best main event run of probably any wrestler ever, like as far as match quality goes. He's with my weird ratings and everything. He has had a fucking phenomenal year match-wise. His matches against Sonata in the G1 at King of Pro Wrestling, I think it was, have were fantastic. Uh, the New Japan, the New Japan Cup thing as well. He did start the year getting pinned clean by Jay White, which shocked everyone. He bought back the shorts, which was also an amazing thing. He wins the title <laughs> at Madison Square Garden, which he kind of had to. And I believe that match was meant to be Kenny Omega versus Okada for the you know the, the trilogy yeah. and all that jazz. Yeah. I think that yeah. was where Okada was going to beat Omega. His G1 was fantastic. And the, again, this lead up to January 4th has been very weird. 
but he's just been so consistently good all year. The Royal Quest match with Minoru Suzuki as well was fantastic. So I've got to have Okada there. It's not 2016-17 levels, but still bloody good. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah Okada, his year's just sort of been there, though. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I feel like his year's just sort of been there. Uh, so he's, he's an honorable mention for me because it is high level. High level stuff. Yeah. But the yeah, just nothing. So high level, you, you, you hold him to a different regard. Yeah, almost, almost. Uh, so I've got uh, Robbie Eagles in spot number eight, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have a mini rant, not really a rant, but people who put Robbie Eagles as Australian Wrestler of the Year, why? Why? What has he done here? Right? This he's year? not on my top ten. I'll be honest. I left yeah. him out. Well, he's on my list because he's still out there doing incredible things for yeah. us, and, and you know he's he's Robbie fucking Eagles. Yeah, I can't have a list and not put Robbie Eagles on the list. He's he's had a great year uh, in terms of carrying the banner for Australia, but he hasn't been here, uh, and so I can't like if we were doing an Australian wrestler of the year, which I, I think we'll we'll be doing on our B plus show in January because I feel weird ending the year before Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, right. Uh, because Wrestle Kingdom it's so early in the year that it gets forgotten when you're making a year list in December. Yeah. So. So we're going to do ours uh, after Wrestle Kingdom. But, uh, you know, Robbie's he's been in Japan for most of the year and, and in other places. He's been a, all around the joint carrying the flag, and it's amazing. And so I've got him on the list for that reason because it's important and amazing and incredible. But people putting him as Aussie Wrestler of the Year, wake up to yourselves. There's yeah. been people achieving things here in this country that are better. If you're going to – if you if you can put any Aussie as Aussie Wrestler of the Year, then Rhea Ripley has had a better year than Robbie Eagles. Yeah, exactly. Well, you can so, even – I could, I would understand if someone to put the iconics because they won the title at WrestleMania. Yeah, you can exactly. Like, you know, yeah, but so I've left Robbie that's my off mine out of the way. I, I've left Robbie off mine just because, other than the leaving Bullet Club to join Chaos, he Big didn't moment. do much. Like, it was a massive moment, but like you know, he had good matches in the Best of Super Juniors in Tag League, and at Southern Showdown. But you know, Super wasn't Jacob. much else. Like, uh, the the Rev yeah. Pro one as well. well yeah, see, I haven't seen his Rev Pro stuff. Like in PWA, he won a triple threat to start the year. He beat Sam Osborne, and he won match the other night with Liger against Bonzer and Farley. Like that's you know that was the work that I oh, saw. There was that, that oh, six man. There was that six man match with the big dive from uh, from Jude. Oh, that that's right. Yeah, just before yeah. he went to New Japan. Yeah, where Jude yeah. jumped off the top of the thing. Oh, there was also he, he dropped the WSW title as well. So he had that, but just you know. I'm like, last year he was, you know, top five rest of the world for me because of what he did. But this year, not so much as we are. Uh, no, I can understand that. And that's nothing against Robbie. He's the nicest dude in the world. I absolutely love him as a bloke. Like, fantastic human. But just honorable mention for me. Right. Now, my number seven is a guy who finally put himself in a solid relationship this year. He locked himself down finally after being free as a bird for so long. Kota Ibushi, winner of the G1. He's on his way to that, hopefully for him, is that crowning moment of winning the IWGP title. Never got that full, like, unreserved, we're going to push you to the moon from New Japan because he was, somehow he was just working on a per-night basis. I don't know how it works, but anyway. His mid-year his mid feud with Naito was fantastic with the IC title. Obviously, his G1 was fantastic after coming so close last year. The redemption story, no Omega around. He's willing to kill himself, which, you know, something I seemingly enjoy with people trying to murder themselves inside a wrestling <laughs> ring. He's just over as so anyone So you love Ibushi versus Naito matches then? 
Yeah, yeah, no, I do. I also enjoyed like Ibushi versus Osprey at the Tokyo Dome where it looked like Osprey tried to murder him too. So yeah. I'm just a fan of murder for some reason. That's a worry. Murder in a ring, not outside of it. But yeah. You like he... true crime shows as well? Is that No, I don't actually. Okay, fair enough. I just like my performance art to be murdery. But yeah, Ibushi seven, he won the G one. You've got to, you kinda of can't not have the G one winner there, especially with the year that he's had and on the trajectory that he's on seemingly. He is gonna make him Wrestle Kingdom. I could not have him there because I have a weird relationship with New Japan this year where yeah. I just haven't I haven't been enthralled by anything in the last six months. Oh, yeah. You know? So uh, the, the only things that have really excited me in the last six months is surprisingly, I mean, AEW, uh, surprisingly enough, Impact. Have I some good ha- stuff. I've seen two matches from Impact all year. Uh, so, yeah. And NWA, NWA Power is my shit. You love NWA. Oh. I still have found time. Digging it, digging it hard. Anyway, uh, moving on, my, my number seven uh, with AEW there, uh, my number seven is the greatest of all time, Chris Jericho. He's higher for me. He's higher for you? Yeah, well, yep. he's, he's a number seven. Like, my rest of the world list is weird. It's all over the place. Yeah. I, I struggle to put things in order. Like, yeah. when, when people are like, oh, give us a top five, I'm like, I can give you my top five in no particular order, generally speaking. So uh, eventually the orders just become like slap happy like oh yeah i'll put him there why not right yeah yeah i get you but jericho's had a year like being the first aw champion and, and a lot of people questioned it at first but i think it was the right choice like he's 100 and the aew aew are doing a real good job at making stars and chris jericho is a huge part of that like he's he's a star maker yeah and he's he's kind of giving us his greatest hits at the moment yeah he is in he a really weird is. way in a weird way uh, he's, he reinvents himself constantly, but it's, I don't know, Chris, Chris Jericho, man, like, what can you say about him that hasn't been said? Like, he's just, he's so fucking good. Even if his in-ring stuff isn't necessarily where it was, he's still Chris fucking Jericho. Yeah, agree, agree. Yeah. Now, for me... People shit on his, sorry, people shit on his match with Okada. I thought it was disappointing. I enjoyed it. Okay. I'll have to so, go back and watch it. I just thought it was yeah. a bit disappointing. Now... For me, we're getting to number six here. Now I'm taking advantage of our faction rule. The Nations of Moretti no and Bonza. That's my number six. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> we lined up. That's amazing. Yeah, that's great. So let's go. Long-time PWA tag team matches, putting on just great bangers every time. Their mid-year feud with the Mighty Don't Kneel was fantastic. They made the finals of the King of Trios. But let's be honest, the best part about the Nations is the fact that despite the fact they love each other, they fucking hate each other at the same time too. And so they're matching against each other. Bonza at every chance just wants to kill Moretti. I don't, it's just, it's the funniest thing. We're, like, you, you boo Bonza and then like five minutes later, like, yeah, we're not surprised Bonza did it. Even Moretti says, like, bloody Bonza again. Their, their match in the final of the first Coliseum was the best PWA match of the year in my view. It was yep. fantastic. Uh, Bonza then attacked him before that New Japan show, which I don't know if people saw <laughs> off air after. Over, it might have been off air after Jess Troy won the title. Uh, as singles, like Moretti's traveled the world. He won the Coliseum. He was in Bowler. And a lot of people I know from the US that I've met him on travels like, absolutely love him. Bonza won the PWA Rumble, worked the New Japan show, was in the main event of the Liger show last week. And we've also got to give him a shout out because they are part of the brains behind PWA as well. So their behind-the-scenes work has to get mentioned too. But Moretti and Bonza had a fantastic year. Yeah, 110%. And Bonza working with a hurt neck too. Uh, yep. Throw that in there. Like, what, like just the, the, and still, 
the standard of match that he's putting out. Like that match against Ugg at oh, Coliseum, yeah. like that's a close number two against his match against Moretti earlier in the year, right? Like it's, mm. it's incredible work from, from Bonza. And uh, as well, when it comes to the online stuff that I, I've thrown in a few times now, it, his, his things that he does with, uh, it, I mean, his Twitter's fun, the stuff he does with Kingsley, the, that, that video where they uh, told the prefects that they yeah. were having a tag match. <laughs> Thanks. He's like, girl, please. Like, just, I don't know. Bonza Kingsley is, is so possibly my favorite, most favorite wrestler right now to watch. I love her. Well, you, She's not on my talked, list, obviously. No, you talked about uh, about uh, Maddie being the best promo in Australia, bar none. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people nipping at his heels for, for most entertaining promos and stuff. And yeah. Kingsley's one of them. Did you watch the Kingsley Wahlberg stuff from Wrestling Go last week? I haven't watched it yet. No, I haven't gotten so, to it. Watch the promos on Twitter and then watch the match where it's Kingsley acting as Matty Wahlberg. Like, yeah. One of the funniest things is, so if you've watched Matty Wahlberg before, you know when he gets in the ring, he jumps over the top rope and does a couple of those lunges. Uh, shout out to Chris Hero. Now, Kingsley tries to do it because she's Matty Wahlberg and can't obviously leapfrog over the top rope because she's like five foot tall. Yeah. And she, she's like, oh, and then as she gets in the ring, she's like, oh, this body sucks. And then like, as she's like getting in the ring and she's like, but I don't suck. And then does the Matty Wahlberg shimmer. It's the funniest fucking thing I've watched. <laughs> the you've wrestling go watch. body swaps are yeah. the best. The best. And then the match that she had with Xena against Jessica Troy and Madison Eagles on Saturday night at the Liger show was so fun. Like just commentate like Xena would get someone in a hold and, and Kingsley would be like, yeah, but that hurts, doesn't it? How good does it look? <laughs> She just got the best timing. So we've she got off the best her, her match with uh, she had a match with Jude at yep. Newcastle Pro Wrestling as well. That okay. was very fun. Like it was her partner, centered, obviously as well. Yes, yeah, and it was centered around uh, you know if she won, then he had to get her a dog. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and it was just brilliant. Everything she does, she's not on either of our lists, and we're sitting here talking about her for ten minutes. I could uh, talk about her for like <laughs> half an hour. She's that, but. That but no, but she's included she's in, in, in the list by way of the nations. Let's put it that way, right? Because okay. she's the flag bearer. So, and relevant. To use a phrase that I always use on Twitter, she's hashtag stoic. Like, she just stands there, but her facials <laughs> in the Bonza matches are so good. Like, Bonza's on attack. She's sort of relaxed and happy. But if Bonza's getting beaten up, she's, like, got a scowl and angry look. It's, she's fantastic. Bonza and, and Kingsley's chemistry... Yeah. It's a big part of the nations being so entertaining for me uh, this year. Uh, a big part of it, and uh, but the, obviously you said it, Mick Moretti uh, carrying the flag for us. I mean, he he's the reason we have you know the uh, you're going to notice us and now we conquer hashtags, uh, and we've bloody conquered. I think like yeah. it, I mean I guess not enough people are looking at us as a country yet, but it's getting there. And like you said, when you talk to anyone from America uh, who's who's big into wrestling and who have had their eyes over here. Uh, Moretti is a name that that yeah. comes up. You can't ignore Moretti, uh, and he's just—he's not human. The things he can do with his body—it's ridiculous. He seemingly gets more ripped every time you see him, which is somehow possible. I don't get it, but anyway, they're both our number sixes. The nations. Yeah, yeah, I have them at number six as well. Uh, obviously, King of Trios. I mean, you said it all. You listed it all off. Yeah, it's it's yeah, they've had a great year. Now, number five for me is the most hated person on this list. It's the top heel in New Japan. He started his year pinning Kazuchika Okada clean in the middle. Of course, yep. I mentioned the Switchblade knife pervert, Jay White. 
obviously went on to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. He may have ended the G1 Supercard at the Garden, losing to Okada. Had a typically great G1, losing in the finals. He's the current IC champion and now wants to double gold. I just hate Jay White, but because he's such a good heel that everyone hates him so much, and his year has been strong. Like, you pin Okada clean, you've got to be on the list. You pin Tanahashi clean. You pin Naito clean. Pin Moxley clean. Like, there's four of the biggest names in the world. Mm-hmm. Got to be on the list. I hate Jay White, but he's too damn good not to be on the list. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I Again, not on my list because of my relationship with New Japan, but yep, big fan of Jay White. And honorary Australian because we claim all the good ones from over there. Yeah, that's right. Like Dakota right. Kai's an Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like to hear that, but that's I how know. it works. That's how it works. Yeah. <clears throat> I have at number five, uh, I don't know what to call them. LAX, Proud and Powerful. Santana, Santana and Ortiz will work. Ortiz. Yeah, Santana and Ortiz are my number five. Uh, mostly for the stuff they did in Impact. Um, you know, trading titles with the Lucha Brothers throughout the early part of the year. Uh, just uh, their farewell matches and everything that they had in Impact. Which they had a couple because Impact couldn't decide when their last date actually was. Because, <laughs> because Impact. Uh, so, it's Impact. Yeah. Uh, but LA, and then obviously their stuff in AEW as well. They've uh, very quickly become... Uh, established themselves with a, a new, much bigger TV audience than they used yep. to. Uh, they've very quickly established themselves as, as a, a team to be on the lookout for. Uh, it's been a big year for Santana and Ortiz, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of their work. Um, so Lucha Brothers didn't make the list. Young Bucks didn't make the list. But Santana and Ortiz... Young Bucks definitely didn't make my list. <laughs> oh, you're going to hate my curveball I've got for you later. Fair enough. Well, you're going to hate it. But get... no, I, Santana and Ortiz at number five. We get to my number four. It's their current leader, Le Champion. Chris Jericho, number four for me. Yeah. Starts off the year, he co-mainevented Tokyo Dome, then joined AEW, which kind of shocked everyone. No one saw that coming. He's their inaugural champion, still is. Somehow, at 48, he's doing his best work. We all said it all. His promos are great. Uh, Le Champion is not just on my list, but this lexicon in general. He's about to face Tanahashi in a couple of weeks' time. It's Chris fucking Jericho. He's number four. Yeah. A little bit of the bubbly. Oh, the sound bites he's given us this year have just been amazing. That was just everywhere for like a good month. Like everything was a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah. (laughs) That went like it actually went like viral viral. Not just super viral. Yeah, it went everywhere internet viral. Even at the start of Christmas when people are like, oh, it's time to listen to some Michael Bublé. It's like, ooh, a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah, yeah. Like not even... Not even just in wrestling Twitter. Like, it, it went viral, viral. Yeah. So, saw mainstream articles about it, uh, yeah. which, you know, AEW, uh, they're marketing themselves very well. And, and Chris Jericho, his whole reinvention is the, the boomer, right? <laughs> He's Boomer Jericho right now. Who were I called star. it. I called it, and I love it, and I'm a big fan. Yeah. So, I, I agree with you. I, I, I had him lower, but like I yeah. said, uh, time is a flat circle. Uh, number four for me. <laughs> I've got, uh, <laughs> I've got another AEW guy, but uh, not for his AEW work. I've got Park. Okay. Right. So uh, for the better part of the year, he wasn't an AEW guy. He kind of pulled out uh, because he respected the Dragon Gate title so much that he could not lose anywhere. <laughs> uh, so most of his matches throughout the year, elsewhere in the world, uh, well, he went undefeated pretty much the entire year. Yeah. Right up until I think it was July when he lost the title. Um, 
you see, he went for a good part of the year. He went completely undefeated as the Dragon Gate Open the Dream Gate champion, and uh, lost the title to Ben K in a tremendous match with incredible build. Uh, he he was he's just a star. He's a star, and the commitment that he has to his bits, right? Like uh, when when that's when he's like, I'm the the Dragon Gate Open the Dream Gate champion, and that means means something to me and it means something to that company i can't be out there losing matches in other promotions yeah Yeah, it led to some some dodgy finishes on matches that were otherwise brilliant uh which you know you can complain about all you want but i respect it uh and so that's why i've got him so high on my list because of his his commitment to that story in dragon game yeah he's not on my list because i haven't i've seen like six matches of his all year because they're all just the AEW stuff yeah, well, he he had some matches in in Rev Pro, which I know you you don't necessarily watch uh, Rev Pro either. But he had a, a great match with David Starr, uh, who I'll talk about shortly. He had a, a match at the beginning of the year. Uh, his early year stuff with like Zack Saber Junior, Will Ospreay. Uh, he he had matches all around the place where everyone was like, yeah. if this match had a clean finish, it would have been a great, amazing match. And I'm like, well, look, technically a time limit draw is a clean finish, guys. But anyway, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it because it added to the story in Dragon Gate. Uh, yep. Where so it was it was fun for me. I enjoyed that. No, fair enough. Can't argue uh, as I haven't seen any of it. But as we roll into our top threes, for me number three is the Arm Collector. She's the most wholesome, scariest person I've ever seen in a wrestling ring. <laughs> of course, I am talking about Good Jessica track. Troy, who for me has had the best year of all the PWA talent. Now I might be wrong. Then other than uh, losing to Matt Diamond at Green Label, I don't think she's lost at PWA all year. Now, I might be wrong on that, but happy to be corrected. <laughs> Sold out Max Watts, her and Shazza in all eyes on Troy. So, like, women main eventing, selling out. Fantastic. She's now the PWA Women's Champion. Defended it three times. Job done. She went to the Coliseum, took on Orange Cassidy in the main event. Fantastic. As I said, literally one of the most entertaining wrestlers you can watch in person. She will literally smile at you and ask you nicely as she rips your arm off. Jessica Troy, as Robbie Eagle said to me in May, Jess is just the fucking best. There you go. Yeah, Orange Cassidy's favorite Australian wrestler as of uh, the the fan fest. When we spoke to him at the fan fest, uh, you know, the question was, you know, who's your favorite wrestler that you've seen here in Australia? And he was like, oh, uh, I haven't really paid attention. Probably Jessica Troy. I wrestled her. So... (laughs) Uh, Orange Cassidy's favorite Australian wrestler, Jessica Troy. Ringing endorsement <laughs> as we roll into your number three. <laughs> My number three, uh, I, I also have a woman in the number three slot. So we are in sync in certain ways, yep. somehow. Uh, I have Tessa Blanchett. I knew you'd have her on, on your list high up. I haven't seen any of Tessa's work yet all year, but I've seen the internet just lose their mind for her. She's she's Tessa Blanchett. <laughs> Uh, her story with Sammy Callahan, who is an honourable mention for me here. Sammy Callahan, uh, a lot of people hate him, but he's uh, I I really struggled with whether to put him in the Robbie Eagles spot or put like whether to put Robbie Eagles off the list. Do you get what I mean? Like yeah. Sammy Callahan and Robbie Eagles were kind of like I was I was I don't know who to put, uh, but yeah I I ended up uh, leaving Robbie on there because of the emotional connection because he's an Aussie. But yeah. Yep. Tessa Blanchard, her stuff with with Sammy Callahan, uh, her stuff inside the women's division. Sorry, it's not women's division; it's a knockout division in Impact Wrestling. Uh, <laughs> you got to get the branding right, man. You got to get the branding right. Uh, I I just hope for a bigger platform for her in 2020, yep. 
and I think she's going to be the first woman to win a world championship. Yeah, you know, I think that looks the happen. story. Yeah, yeah, that looks the story. But she, if her and Charlotte don't main event a pay per view at some stage, it's criminal. Did I ever tell you about my fever dream? Yeah, I think it had to do with them too. Yeah, yeah, I think we said it yeah. last time. Yeah, it was it was those two main eventing a, a political rally for Vince McMahon as, as president twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah, you told me that. Yeah, you said that when you were last on. <laughs> Weirdo. It's a fever dream. Eh? You know, yeah. What can I say? These yeah. things happen. Number two, the top two. I feel as if our number two is going to be different. I'm I'm 99.999% sure we're the same number one. But number two for me is John Moxley. Now, he oh. walked out of WWE when his contract ended. Made instant impacts where he went, whether it was to take out Omega and Jericho on his first night in AEW. No one saw that coming. The mysterious knife promos that we saw in New Japan. No one thought that, that was John Moxley at all. And it was him who turned up, beat Juice Robinson in night one, uh, his first night, winning the title. And only lost that because of a typhoon. Because uh, many couldn't get across to Japan. He had a phenomenal yeah. G1. His match with Ishii is one of my top five matches of the year. Where it was just two guys beating the fuck out of each other looking to win it was great is she is like a permanent honorable mention in best wrestler of the year yeah he's criminally underrated but again then it's like how many times do you say someone's underrated before they're overrated or something else but yeah what also i love about moxley some of his character work in new japan like his relationship with shooter was some of the best stuff <laughs> we did. Fuck, i love yes. that like, all, yeah? my wife is gonna hate this yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, then shooter, like lady killer, like, just <laughs> random shit like that in the bits backstage. Um, I love that shooter has like taken that on as well moving forward. Have you seen the photos of shooter Umino? Like, his name's Shota, but Moxley just called him Shooter. Yeah. Have you seen the photo of Shota in the UK? He's he, he's genuinely Tanahashi 2.0. It's fucking scary. He's got long white. You know he's red shoes kid. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, red but shoes. I didn't Umino. know that. I didn't, I didn't know that. You. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it blew my mind when I heard. I was like, well, "Oh, that makes it like, oh, no wonder he's so good. He's been around it his whole life." Yeah. yeah. Now, with Mox, it took a while with AEW, but now we know what he's about. He's about winning titles. He got the shits when the Omega match was a lights out match and wouldn't count to the records, which was like brutally amazing. Like some people liked it, some people didn't. It was violence for the sake of violence, but I enjoyed it because. Moxley's living out every wet dream he had in WWE. It's like every one of these matches is like, this is what I wanted to do with Brock at WrestleMania. Fuck you guys. Now he's going to go into Wrestle Kingdom, take on Juice in a Texas death match or whatever it is. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, But Moxley, number two, he he made the biggest impact for me as soon as he left WWE, turning up in New Japan and AEW. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Absolutely. Uh, He didn't make my list uh, just because I feel like AEW could have used him better, but like you said, I think they're they're turning around on it. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so you know, maybe twenty twenty, but uh, he didn't yep. make my list this year. Number two for me, I have David Starr. Very divisive character. I can see you. You got your yeah your hand to your head there. What's wrong? Not a David Starr guy. Not a fan. Yeah, just I haven't seen enough of him to judge, but then I see like a lot of like just a lot of stuff on the internet going that's either for him or against him. And, he yeah. is punk rock pro wrestling at its finest. He you know he is the independent. He is the quintessential independent wrestler, uh, and uh, you know taking 
the anti-WWE stance in terms of the UK market. Now, it's it's yeah. brilliant to me because he's an outsider to the UK market as well. He's an American. Yeah, and he put himself in America because uh, in, in the UK so he could get uh, health insurance. Smart. <laughs> so he's gone over there. And and he's uh he's sort of taking advantage of their systems and what have you, and and then he rallies against the outsiders coming in, and he's kind of the UK defender somehow now, and it's yeah. just it's brilliant on on many levels. Uh, he also had the whole thing with uh, Jay Lethal and the Ring of Honor title, and he's very anti uh, big corporate behavior, and you know he's someone who politically I would not agree with probably you know 70 percent of the time right he stomped on the uk title in a match <laughs> against walter as well yeah yeah he's matched with walter he's matched with jordan devlin in ott like he's just he he turned jordan devlin who was their biggest face into their biggest heel simply by associating him with wwe and aligning himself with the fans who don't like the wwe product and it's just incredible work all round. he's had a banner year uh and i don't know how you can ignore david Starr. Uh, at all for 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 rest of the world uh, if you've if you've been paying attention to his stuff of course if you're not watching his promotion then yeah. and you and i both have a dream for, for people in coliseum next year you've said he's your dream and i've said my dream is the nora suzuki so imagine that <laughs> suzuki yeah, no, just I, chopping I, the fuck out of him at max watts god bless <laughs> big fan of david star so i've got him at number two so i'm assuming number one is exactly the same given it's the first man to be in the New Japan Cup, Best of Super Juniors, and the G1 Climax in one calendar year. Are we talking about the same person, another person who probably shouldn't be on Twitter as much either? Uh, so I, I lost you for a second there. My internet's being weird. Uh, but so, our, our number one, can we say our number one at the same time? Should we count uh, it down? All right, we... all right. Three, two, one. Will Matt Ospreay. Taven. Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, no, Will Ospreay, obviously. It has to be Will Ospreay. You know I hate Matt fucking Taven. And it's not Matt Taven, it's Matt fucking Taven. That's why I said it, man. That's why I said it. It was the year of Taven, Madison Square Garden. Shut up. Shut up. (laughs) Fuck Madison Square Taven. It's Will Ospreay. Don't get me angry yet. No, obviously it's Will Ospreay. Anyone anywhere involved in wrestling, covering, journalism, whatever you want to call what we do. It's not journalism, it's whatever it is. Talking about wrestling, anyone who's a wrestling fan who doesn't think Will Ospreay had the best year of any year in wrestling, ever, quality-wise, quantity-wise, moment-wise, he could have had a better year. Yeah. But he's just had a ridiculous amount of stuff that's all, like, minimum four-star. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, um, now let me look at my my projects. I'm crazy. I've have watched six. I've watched sixty nine Will Ospreay matches this year, at an average nice. of three. Yeah, right. At an average of three point three six. Oh, you're going low on the ratings, man. I don't see. No, him but that ever includes like. But no, think about it. that. Includes a fuckload of those G one tags as well, where the it's tags, only like two yeah. and a halfs and Gentleman's stuff. three. Yeah. yeah if it was enough. if it was a single, like I look at a lot of the singles. There's. I'm just scrolling across now. There are so many three and a half plus matches here. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, is it, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, a lot of four pluses as well. So, yeah. And when you look at his stuff matches, outside of New Japan, too. When you look at his stuff outside of New Japan, the stuff he does in Australia, stuff he does in the UK, yeah. uh, you know, oh, yeah. he's just incredible. He never he, he never takes a night off, ever. Yeah, it's crazy. He's nuts. He, he's an absolute madman. 
Yep. He, nah, he works agree. a heavier schedule than WWE. Yeah, and the thing is, he also he's put on that bulk to his frame, which he needed to do. Otherwise, he'd probably be dead right now. But he yeah. had to he had to do that. But yeah, you can't not have Will Ospreay as number one if you're any type of wrestling savant because I don't care if you think he's an absolute dickhead on the internet or whatever else and he acts like an immature child sometimes. He's done everything you could possibly do in New Japan this year bar beat Okada. He should have beat Okada in the G1 in my belief. I thought it was time. But yeah, beating Shingo, beating Dragon Lee, just going all over the world wrestling a lot. He's number one. Yeah, no argument. I don't think anyone could argue. Yeah, he's had an incredible year. Now, if you've got any unluckies on this, this is where I'm going to throw them out. So unlucky for me is Ricky South because he had such a good year with his character development, joining SMS and us not wanting to boo him and then him coming back and now he wants the title and he's put on some size. Ricky's getting thick. It's good. Penta and Phoenix just missed out for me. Obviously, Tessa Blanchard, who you mentioned, I'm going to give a shout-out to Slex as well. Yes, Slex was an honourable mention for me. Loved yeah. his MCW. Like, haven't seen any MCW. I'm just going off the internet. Him winning the title seemed to have a very, very strong run. And as of yesterday, he signed by Ring of Honour. So Yeah, just signed know. with Ring of Honour. Um, yep. Adam Brooks gets an honourable mention uh, you know, as well. He did some amazing stuff. You want to talk about carrying the, carrying the flag. Uh, I'm obviously very much a PWA guy. I grew up in... Yep. I don't know what's going on with my stuff yeah. here. But yeah, I, I grew up in Sydney and, and PWA is kind of my promotion. So when I look at people carrying the flag, like Moretti, Robbie Eagles, they jump out to me. But Adam Brooks was working the crash, CMLL. Uh, you know, he's doing stuff over in, in America and, and Mexico and all over the place. So it's I, yeah. Adam Brooks gets an honorable mention too. And another one that neither of us mentioned, which I think we both agree on, and I said to you, if he won the title, I'd have him here, Cody. Yeah, yeah, he's had an amazing year. Yeah, he's had a great year, like behind the scenes and in front of the camera as well. So you got to do that. But uh, he's he's one of those guys that has has uh, he's not necessarily the best in the ring from what uh, no. some people may look for, but he tells the best stories. It gets you invested, which is yeah. what you want. Yes, yeah, that's what I look for definitely. Yeah. So um, we can get to the fan stuff now, seeing as we've done ours, and we can talk about ours in the. As we get through it. So the fans, we did a fan poll on social on social media. I had a Google form. We got an absolute shitload of responses, which was great. So I'm really happy with that. So, and I'll give like, I'll give either top threes or like top fives, just depending on how the votes were kind of skewed. So number one in WWE wrestler of the year was Adam Cole, who won well enough from Becky Lynch. And then it was a massive gap to Kofi Kingston and Io Shirai, who were around the mark. <laughs> Rest of the world was an absolute landslide to Osprey as expected. Jericho and Tessa Blanchard were very close. And then you had Robbie Eagles and Okada very close yeah. as four and five as well. And it's safe that. to say, uh, like, the audience that would be participating are very heavily skewed towards Robbie Eagles as well. Yeah, a lot of yeah. Australian people, like, that follow us. But um, so we can talk about most improved, which is also, like, a breakout as well, I guess. Um, in a landslide, it was Rhea Ripley for me, exactly the same. For most yeah. improved slash breakout. Breakout uh, breakout year. I I I struggled with this because there's because uh, I watch so much wrestling. Yeah. Uh, but locally, I put I put Jessica Troy and Maddie Wahlberg. Right. Well, They've both had big years. Maddie Wahlberg was second in this, uh, mm-hmm. pretty clearly to Rhea. 
Yeah. Lance Archer was an interesting one that came up on this voting. Yes. He had Very such good. a good G1. He's the US champion right now. Um, yeah, him and Moxley will dead set try and kill each other. Again, me talking about death in wrestling. But it's a Texas death match, so they're going to yeah. have to at Wrestle Kingdom. It's going to be great. And fourth, who got in there, and she got a fair few votes, and also I had included, was Steph Delanda, first ever MCW Women's Champion. Right. She's number one contender to PWWA's Jessica Troy. So, yeah, in there, that's fair enough. Strong choice. Uh, I, I, I would give breakout to uh, Rhea Ripley and MJF. Yep. Okay, MJF, fair enough. Yeah, I, I probably it's an oversight, me probably not putting him there. But yeah, I can understand that. But for me, Rhea Ripley was easily the breakout for the last four months that she's had. We, we can um, talk about your oversights, man. Your lists, I don't know how you get these lists sometimes. There's a lot of, but there's a lot of from what I've watched, but also a lot of like data collection from the internet as well. So um, that's just everything that I collate and look and have taken in. So obviously I don't watch a lot of everything else. I was very um, mainstream and Australian heavy, which I also added in people yeah. who were like, I read had fantastic years here, there and everywhere. Like tag team of the year was, was one way traffic to the undisputed era. It's understandable. Lucha brothers and gorillas of destiny were the next two. And then it was the clear gap, like just n next to no votes for the rest. Yeah. Can't really, uh, argue with that. Um, in most overrated, Brock Lesnar won from Seth Rollins. They were pretty clear of everyone else, which right. n neither of us had Brock in our top 10, which, you know, no. probably doesn't surprise anyone. No, he's, I mean, he's there. Yeah. yeah. He has, he can do good work. Oh, some of his matches are great. But even, even Paul Heyman, who I love Paul Heyman, but even the Paul Heyman with Brock Lesnar thing, it's tired now. It's yeah, tired. It, it's, it's been 10 years, I think, since Brock came back. Someone yeah. was telling me. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. That's, that's and he's had about 10 matches, but it's still it's exhausting, you know? Yeah, uh, exactly. But so, you had you had Shazza uh, McKenzie in there. Yeah. Why? And this, uh, this is... I've, I've gone on rants about this. I don't know if I've ever gone on a rant about it on the show. I've gone on rants about it privately to a lot of people. Just why does she get so much shit from the internet? I'm such a huge Shazza fan, and I don't understand it. See, this is why I, I had it there, because... And it's and it wasn't a knock against Shazza, and she seemingly got offended at me. And I want to say if she was listening to this, and I doubt she would, which is you know understandable. It wasn't a knock on her. Like I had Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Sasha Banks, Adam Cole, Okada, Cody, Marty Skrull, Alexa Bliss, Drew, uh, uh, Becky Lynch, Jay White, Naito, Shazza, and Drew McIntyre. So there was fifteen people on the list. Yeah, and I don't think she took offense. Man, she pointed out on Twitter, she was just like, Well, it's better to be overrated than underrated, right? Like, yeah, and it's you know, like she took it in stride, like, some, yeah, and, and she, that's one thing that Shaz is great about the internet. She doesn't care if she makes herself like look like a fool, she's there because, well, she's trying to get booked and she's promoting herself, so understandable. But I'm just going off people what I see on the internet, and Shaz seems a very divisive character. People either love her or people don't like her. Now, I love that she's leaning into this heel persona at PWA that people were sort of sick of her holding that title forever and everyone was behind Jess when she won. And then she had the title match against Ugg, but she sort of got booed and cheered because that whole Ugg dynamic at the moment's weird. But yeah, it wasn't a knock, but she, in fairness, she ran like, despite her best efforts on Twitter, sort of having a laugh and trying to win it, she ran like sixth. Becky Lynch ran third. Kenny Omega was next. And then it was like Shazza and, and Okada, which was really surprising. I can see why people would say Okada. Yep, fair enough. Because, uh, because people talk about, both he and Omega, people talk about them being, like, the best ever of all time. Right, right, and it's like pisses people yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. 
It sets a, now, a different standard. Yeah. Yeah. And a most disliked one, um, Seth Rollins one, which kind of surprised me. I didn't expect that. Uh, beating Nia Jax, which is just funny because Nia Jax ha- hasn't wrestled since like May, but everyone still doesn't like her. Brock Lesnar ran third, Lana ran fourth, and Matt fucking Taven ran fifth. <laughs> See, I thought this was going to be a landslide victory for Matt Taven or so Yoshi. Matt Taven can't, he can't even win most dislike. <laughs> I, if I had a most dislike, it would have been Matt Taven, Yoshi Hashi, and Michael Spencer. Bang. Yeah, Yoshi Hashi is just forever just mine. Sucks. I just not a Yoshi. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't want to say anyone sucks, right? Like he's just vanilla. He's very boring. Hard, but I just, yeah, I just, I go to sleep. Yoshi Ashi, I time to sleep. Except when he face planted, that was entertaining. Bad. <laughs> it's bad. I'm going to hell. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Uh, match of the year, as voted for by the people, and the top, the top two was, or the top three was so very close. But I put in five. Women's War Games was number one. Colin Gargano, two or three falls, was number two. Cody versus Dustin at double or nothing, which people either love or don't love. I'm in the I didn't rate it as a match. You know, I'm yeah. in that camp. Kofi versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania and Robbie versus Will Ospreay at Southern Showdown or whatever it was called. They were the top five, but I think for me, Colin Gargano is number one by so far. It isn't funny. I think recency bias has women's war games there. Yeah. Uh, we, so we're giving ours here as well for match yep. of the year. Cause for me, I, I had a, a bit of a list for match of the year. Cause I, I struggle. I do. I really yeah. struggle to give a match of the year. Uh, Cole and Gargano, the two out of three falls, yep. or even just as a series, the series of matches, I can yep. put Cole and Gargano there. Um, I, this may be, you know, what's the bias when you're there? It's not recency bias. What's the, the bias of being there though. Yeah. Uh, the Matty Wahlberg versus Travis Banks is, is yep. very high on my list. Uh, Moretti versus Bonza. Yep. Troy versus Kellyanne as a series of matches. Jessica Troy and Kellyanne. And also Rat Daddy versus Punch Drunk Istria. Rat Daddy yeah. won the Australian national title the from Punch Drunk, Istria, uh, Punch Drunk Istria. And uh, it was a brilliantly booked match. I, yep. the, the finish was fantastic. Istria tried to get away. Uh, and, you know, people came out to stop that from happening and forced him back into the ring. So he couldn't weasel out of it. And Rat Daddy picks up the win, gets the title, you know, it was it was a moment, and it was really nice to be there for that as well. And I, I, I fully acknowledge that I'm biased by the fact that I can be at these matches. So, yeah. So, well, me like my I've probably got a bit of bias for Candice Lorraine and Shirai at Takeover because I was there, but I've gone back yeah. and watched it. It was good. Same with Ricochet and Gargano at Takeover. But for me, Colin Gargano at Takeover by so far it isn't funny is my match of the year. Women's War Games gets a shout out if you're looking for Australia. The the one that doesn't get mentioned this was the first PWA show of the year. I think it was. I think it was the Die Havoc Die show slash Diego's last show. Great show, yeah. Yeah, Brooksy versus Jonah versus Robbie. That three was fantastic. But because it was the start of the year and it was probably like third match at the third match, people probably sort of forget it. I loved it. Yeah, it was a great match. Uh, Show of 2019, and this just sort of plays into our followers. PWA Coliseum was the winner, just in front of Double or Nothing. Then Wrestle Kingdom, War Games, and TakeOver uh, WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. yeah. So, See, I'm, so I'm in line with the listeners there because for me, I, I had Double or Nothing and Coliseum. Like, so I went Coliseum, uh, New Night, York TakeOver. specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm, take, I'm Coliseum, Wrestle, uh, War Games, and TakeOver New York. They're my ones. 
Right. But again, bit of recency bias. You could also throw a WrestleMania in there because despite the fact it went for 47 hours, 532 minutes, you had <laughs> the, the three baby faces who needed to win titles all won titles. Yeah. Seth beat Brock, Kofi beat Brian, and Becky Lynch won. So, you know, you can see why. Why you could throw that in there. Um, yeah, definitely. We threw we threw brand of the year out there. It was NXT, AEW, PWA. NXT and AEW sort of cleared out. PWA was then next best, and there was sort of a gap to the rest, which is like, you know, Raw, SmackDown, New Japan, Impact. Right. Um, and I put in we put in things like lowlights and highlights. Now, did you have a lowlight and a highlight for the year? Uh, oh, I, you didn't ask me for a lowlight. I had the highlight as Coliseum, though. Yep, that's fair. Like, for me... Um, my highlight was Coliseum, but also for me, just also being there, but just for a moment where the crowd was bonkers, was Becky Lynch winning the Royal Rumble. Like, there was such yeah. an organic reaction for me. Um, for what the people said, uh, Rise of PWA, and then especially Coliseum got mentioned a lot, uh, and Aussie wrestlers doing their thing worldwide. Women made eventing multiple shows in different companies worldwide, and AEW got a shout-out too. Yeah. Uh, for a low light, um, I didn't really, really have one. Matt Taven winning at Madison Square Garden probably up there, though. But no, that's fair I'd say enough. the entire Ring of Honor half of Madison Square Garden. That you can that's fair. comfortably... Yeah. Well, R- Ring of Honor's decline throughout 2019 is a low light for me. It's it's. Imb- I went to a house show in January before I went to the Rumble. Like, one of their... It was just... No one... It was like Cody... Oh, not Cody, sorry. It was like uh, Marty... I think Rocky Romero was there, Juice was there, but like it was fun because it was ten bucks and beer was like five dollars. And in America, they're those really big cans, so I got absolutely shit faced. But like <laughs> as a show, it wasn't that great. Like there was two hundred people there. It was yeah, yeah. But uh, for the for the people, the low light AEW's women's division got a lot of love, like in yeah. this sense, which is fair. Yeah. Like I don't know what they're doing. It's, uh, it's, it's a confusing situation with their women's division because, like, yeah. I like the the matches a lot of the time. I think uh, they're but also a few their matches too long. They're giving them time for the sake of time. Some of them just don't seem like they're ready because they're coming straight from the indie scene and they're not ready for TV. If if that yeah. makes sense, they could do more though with oh, that women's division. Definitely, yeah. But they're just they're putting together matches for the sake of matches. Um, but yeah, WWE in general, and then in fairness. Actually, this is a low light. I'll agree. Kofi versus Brock got a lot of mentions. Yeah. Can we say Hell in a Cell too? Um, see, I loved Hell in a Cell. Like, apart from the way they threw the match out, um, there was... That bumped me out. <laughs> oh, it did, because I didn't think The Fiend should lose, but then I, then when you think about it, how The Fiend won the title at Saudi Arabia on Halloween, it kind of all made sense, and they needed to do something on one of these Saudi shows finally. Yeah. yeah, that was um, WWE in general. Fair enough has been sort of a, a weird one. Actually, a match I didn't give a mention to was Mox versus Ishii in the G One. I absolutely love that. Yeah, can't, oh, can't, can't not. Now they beat the shit out of each other. Exactly, and it's, that's what I said. Two big men just beating each other up. Now we've got to get to oh, our yeah, top- and Bonza too, for the same oh, yeah. reason. No. Can agree, can agree. And moment of the year, like Wahlberg winning that Coliseum and then when they went off air, that hands was... Down. Hands down. Well, Being there for that speech and bringing yeah. Mama Wahlberg into the ring, yeah. I was next to Mama Wahlberg on that on night two. I sat, yeah. I was standing next to her 
and she's and had a conversation. She's a lovely lady, Mama Warburg. Like a couple of times when Banks did stuff, she was like, "Oh, Matthew!" Like <laughs> it was so good. But mate, <laughs> we need to get to our top five overall wrestlers, and we'll we won't give explanations like because we've, we've gone through it as it is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's start with your number five. Uh, so again, I, I don't no particular order, but uh, the nations, the nations, John Moxley for me. Yep. Number four. Uh, then, number four, I had Tessa Blanchard. Shayna Baszler. Uh, David Starr in the number three spot. Becky Lynch at number three. Uh, Adam Cole at number two. Adam Cole at number two. And Will Ospreay, clearly wrestler yeah. of the year. Yeah. It's got to be. Can't, can't disagree with that. If you wanted to put Adam Cole as number one and Ospreay as two, I couldn't knock you because that would just... Could. No, but some people don't like the New Japan style, which is yeah, understandable. Yeah, just the schedule. The schedule. Yeah. The, the, people, the insanity people, of this man. And he did every people tournament. Don't see the, people don't see the indie work that he's done. They just rely on the TV, you know? So yeah. it could be that. So people just went, because Adam Cole, he's done everything. You, he's probably had one of the strongest years of anyone in WWE in recent years. I can understand why people yeah. would have him as number one. But yeah. Osprey for me, was so clearly number one. It wasn't funny. Clear gap to Adam Cole, clear gap to Becky, Shayna and Mox. I could have swapped around easily. I just, I really think that Osprey this year has had a banner year in terms of like just for anyone as a wrestler. Like it's an iconic year in a career. Like I don't think anyone has ever had the year that Will Osprey has had this year ever. Can we also mention the comeback of Elevated to New Japan TV as well? The fact that that tune disappeared for three months and now it's back. It's yeah. also a highlight. <laughs> New Japan yeah. paying for some music, thank fuck. So it's a <laughs> banger of a tune. Oh man, imagine if we went on a music music did list. You like see, EO's hang on. Did you see there was a thing he retweeted that was someone who was like, Oh, I've made I've made a new version of your theme song for you or whatever. And it was Wasn't it you? was recorder, like they were playing the recorder and just oh, singing really? it really badly and it was hilarious. And it I went just for like saw the drum to it. <laughs> it was amazing. I saw the dude. Yeah, I saw the dude playing the drums to it. Now, you said you had a curveball for me, so we're getting towards yep. the end. What are we? All right, come on. Next year's twenty twenty. It's the end of a decade, right? The decade ends in fifteen days. Yes. Yeah. So, who's the best wrestler of the entire decade? Daniel Bryan. Ten years. You Daniel, get to Daniel Bryan. That quickly. That quickly. No Even thought. though he missed three years, Daniel Bryan. He's, he missed some solid... And also, not just missing the years, but at the beginning, he wasn't really doing much, right? Yeah. He had that but big his moment work, in the middle. Yeah. I just think his work was so amazing the whole time. And then the fact he's gone from the greatest WrestleMania... I'm going to say it's one of the greatest WrestleMania moments ever, the Yeslemania. Yeah, definitely, for sure, yes. Retires. Never going to see one of the best wrestlers in the world ever again. And then... He comes back, and we love him. And then he turns evil on us, and he's the most hated person in the company. And even he here, considers his back, comeback underwhelming, though. You know, come back as the American Dragon. I, for me, it's I've got to say him, but that, that's when you thought about it. Because if I sat down that's and fair. think about it, I'd probably yeah. there'd be more to it. But off the top of my head, Daniel Bryan. First Straight thing you had, yeah, okay, fair enough. I've given it a lot of thought, and I'm using the faction rule here, but uh, I, I, I give it to the Young Bucks. <laughs> yeah, I can, 
I can see we're that. Gonna, we're going to end 12, with you being upset. <laughs> but Their last 12 months for me just hasn't made me happy. I'm not a fan of them at the moment. Yeah, but at the moment, they're, I mean, they're still putting on fantastic matches in the opening segments of of, of Dynamite, right? Yeah. I almost forgot the name of it. I went to call it Dark. <laughs> <laughs> dark is the other show they do. No, but they, they still put on fantastic matches there in that tag division. They're, they made Private Party. They're made men now. Uh, they're going to continue to make people. And they're, they've stepped into this executive role uh, all of their work with being the elite and what that did, their stuff with New Japan, Ring of Honor, all the way back through to them being Yardas, essentially, at the start of the decade, right? Yeah. Well, th- just before the start of the decade. But I-, I have to give it to them in terms of revolutionizing the industry, knowing where th- you know, uh, you know, the-, the Gretzky thing, skate where the puck's going to be, not where it yeah. is. You know, That's the Young Bucks to me, and I think that, that this decade is theirs. And no one's, no one's mentioning them. No one's mentioning them. But you could, with Daniel Bryan as well, with my thought, he main evented and won the title at WrestleMania. When if you looked at Daniel Bryan from Ring of Honor, you're like, yeah, this dude will main event WrestleMania and 75,000 people will be going off their collective shit. People will be like, no, you're a fucking idiot. That's never going to happen. But yeah. It did. He adapted. He, he's, he's one of the most adaptable guys. He's up there with Jericho in terms of adaptability. You could, even though Jericho was a part timer for most of the decade, there's an argument for him because of yeah. some of the stuff that he did too. Like, There's an argument. But, yeah, there is. But then you could also make the argument, even though Okada's last six years were so good, but you've got to look back to the start of the decade for so much that's happened. Like Tanahashi had his thing. Nakamura had his thing. But no one – 10 years is such a long time. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, but, and for someone to work consistently through the 10 years, that's why I give it to the Bucks as well. Because yeah. not a lot of people – like a lot of people will have a really hot – like John Cena had a hot first five years. Roman Reigns had a hot six years or so, you know. Uh, yeah. You can't, Daniel Bryan missed three of the ten, but he's, yeah. you know. Okada, the big, a lot of people making the case for Okada, but he had the first three years or so of the decade weren't too crash hot for him. So you could put yeah. him in the same category as Daniel Bryan, where there's about three years missing, you know. Uh, there's not many people that have had an entire decade. Can know? I say this? In 2029, it'll be undisputed that it's Will Ospreay. If he keeps this up, it's got to be him. Can you keep it up for 10 years? I don't know. He might if suffer If he doesn't from that. work as many of the indies as he does, if he just sticks to straight up New Japan for 10 years or somehow does make the jump to WWE or an AEW and just works that, then yes. He might suffer from that. Uh, he might suffer from that, uh, you know, a good portion, a, a good good amount of things he's done is at the end of this decade. Yeah. Uh, like, because that's where I would put Daniel Bryan too. A lot of his, a lot of the really good indie stuff that he did was like, you know, 2007, 8, 9. And so that doesn't count to this decade, yeah. right? So it, it's, you could actually, you could make a case for Adam Cole. But, oh, no, not really. No, no. Adam Cole's been the last four or five years. Yeah. Yeah. Where was he the first, you know, five years of such? And it's like, you know, so there's so many ones like, I'm going to. Ishii, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But. It's hard. Yeah. It's tough. It's like, difficult. Tanahashi is probably the guy, if you think about it, for 10 years. You know, main event Wrestle Kingdom at the start of this year, 10 years ago, I was probably doing the same too. It's just his run's been, he's in his 20th year now kind of thing. Did so. you make a case for AJ Styles, you reckon, even? Yes. 100% yeah. yes. Because his stuff with New Japan and... Well, and... I mean, he was the top guy at Impact. He held them up for so long. His tail know. end of Impact run wasn't phenomenal though. but, it, but the, the story was sort of good as well though <laughs> and that. then going into new japan top guy straight away 
like had his what two three years in New Japan. Comes into WWE. He's held debut, a title. Huge. He's held a title for like 70 percent of his time in WWE. So like that just shows you. There's an argument for AJ Styles, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, but I, I give it to the Young Bucks personally, and uh, I, yeah, I can't I can't fault your case there either. Yeah. Now, as we look ahead to 2020, I'll give you one, possibly two wishes if you had a pencil for any company. Actually, I'll give you two because you can have one for like a PWA or a local indie and then one for your worldwide jazz. Yeah. All right. Uh, Shayna Baszler taps out Ronda Rousey in the WrestleMania main event. Ooh. Ooh, that's nice. Yep. Uh, I don't know, with the way the crowd turned on that main event at Survivor Series, I don't know if they'll have the faith in Shayna to carry anything. But I could see uh, the story with her and Ronda could be there easily. If Ronda yeah. comes back expecting the world and Shayna being like, yo, hold up, where the fuck you been on the ranch, you know, getting your freak yeah. on, trying to get a baby, which you've clearly not succeeded at. And now you want to come here and and, yeah. and take my spot? I don't know. I, I could think. They've got to do Becky and Ronda one-on-one first, though. They need to do that. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I can see that. But but that's where I would go, just because I am such a big fan of Shayna Baszler. Yep. Like, I've, so many times, I've I've made a... Since the Saudi deal, I've made a commitment to not spend any money on WWE. Yeah, we've, we've I'm one of those. Discussion. I'm one of those. Yeah, roll your eyes at me all you want. I'm one of those. It's my personal my yep. personal uh, situation. I, don't, I just don't believe in it. And, and uh, if the product was great... If the product was great, I'd probably throw my ethics out the window and go, that's oh, really entertaining, you know? Like Disney, you're a conspiracy, Greg, for a second here. Disney or an ABC, ABC covered up the Jeffrey Epstein story, right? Blah, blah, blah. But Disney Plus has so much good content, I'm still like, take my fucking money, right? Mandalorian, you know? dude. Baby Yoda. <laughs> Baby, Baby Yoda. Yoda. You can't, you can't not give your your six dollars a month to Baby Yoda. You can't, yeah. even even if they've protected elite pedophiles. That sounds like such an awful thing. We're to on say. a wrestling podcast, dude. Stop. Get off. Sorry. Get to your local indie dream. All right. No, but I'm I'm just saying, like, I don't give them money. But Shayna Baszler, yeah. every time I you know get an ad in the emails for the shirts and and there's a Queen of Spades tea, I'm like, oh. Uh, just this one time I can spend $40 on a shirt, right? I can do that yeah. for Shayna Baszler. So anyway, um, local, uh, you gotta, you gotta give it to, you gotta go with Matty Wahlberg, uh, winning the title, right? Off, off, off Ugg. I can say that. Yeah. I, I've <laughs> Actually, different... Hold up. Hold up. Uh, he doesn't win it. it so Ugg versus Wahlberg two, right? Uh, ends with Carter costing him the title. Yeah, that's the turn's got to happen. Yeah, and then you have a Maddie overcoming Carter program, and then at Ugg Wahlberg three, he wins the title. Right, okay. so we extend Ugg's reign, and 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 that's that's my fantasy book. You can and do local. that at Coliseum. You can even do that at Coliseum if at Wahlberg's Coliseum. still around. Then or call to arms. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because called I I it's, I'm I, like I don't know which show do I go up for next year. Do I go up for Coliseum or do I go up for Call, call to Arms? Because I haven't been to a Call to Arms, you know. Coliseum because it's the two nights you've got yeah. to. You know. Yeah, but uh, uh, Call to Arms though it's it's technically yeah. the anniversary show. Right? It's the big show. Yeah, it's like it's like the Halloween Havoc versus Starcade argument. Like it just the Why Halloween Havoc. I'm so big. Yeah. But yeah, so for me, my my dream is for ronda rousey to return and win the royal rumble we finally get the becky one-on-one match at wrestlemania 
But we finally get to this four horsewomen versus four horsewomen match. I don't care how they get to it. Just please <laughs> get to it next year. Like we need because Ronda could be like, I want to have a kid. I can try again and piss off. Because that's yeah. the problem with Ronda. She's just likely to do whatever the hell she wants. So she has I want to come that. back for Mania season though, right? Yeah, it's just like here's a boatload of money. Like I, she's got. If there's betting on, she's probably betting favorite to win the Rumble. Because you look at the women's division now, and unless it's Shayna winning the Rumble, I can't see anyone else doing it unless somehow. Yeah, I'm trying to unless, think. Like, unless she's pregnant come Rumble Day, she's there. Yeah, she's got to be. Yeah, I, and she, the thing is, she might have. They might have stopped trying now, given it's been eight months and there's nothing, you know, happened. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows? For, for locally, I said it during the pod. I want Minoru Suzuki at Coliseum. <laughs> that's all big, I want. That's a big call, man. That's I a know, big ask. Given that we got we got Liger out here, you know, we've had New Japan shows here. We've shown Robbie's there now. I just believe with that relationship. And the thing is, if you get Suzuki, and I and I want to, I'd love to is do this... a thirty-two person tournament, right, which getting the yeah. best from Australia. And you know, the, the Australian wrestling scene with the companies is a bit weird. Let's not get into that. But if you could get them all on board, you know, you get you get a Slex, you get an Adam Brooks, a Dowie James, you get the TMDK guys from WA, you've got to bring back Davis Storm. But, like, your international attractions are like a Minoru Suzuki, someone else from an AEW, you know? Yeah. Like, think of how WSW gets all these people out here. I want, I want MJF in Coliseum. Yeah, I can see that. But I think he's a harder one to get than Minoru Suzuki because, you know, the, the proximity of Japan getting here. You know, can I can I guess who you'd put in the final with with Minoru Suzuki? Because he's got to make the final, right? Yeah, uh, Ricky South. If Ricky hasn't won the title by then, does Ricky go? Uh, do we do we put Ricky even in in another Coliseum and have him not win it? For me, the way that Ricky is going right now, he either has to win a title or win Coliseum if he goes in it again. But then it's like you can't have the local Sydney person win Coliseum every time because then every it starts time, to become yeah. that obvious thing. Whereas if Suzuki wins, then it's like, okay, it's international prestige. Or a David Starr comes out, you know, that kind of thing. You need to give it international prestige as well. I understand yeah. why Wahlberg's won this one. It was his time. But I wouldn't mind seeing, even if this year, even if they do do another local, but the third time in 2021, that's when your international wins. But I'd love to see this at the Horton Pavilion as well, with two or, or a building that seats 2,000 people, with all of us screaming "Kazi ni Narei" a bunch yeah. of times. I think if you're gonna, if you want to go to the Horton, the only way to do it is to to partner with someone who a lot of fans wouldn't want you to partner with. I think that's the only way to. No, I reckon if you could do it with the New Japan and you'd say you're going to get Will Ospreay, you're going to get Okada here. They're not in the tournament, but if it's a sixteen, if it's a thirty-two or sixteen person, I'd say sixteen, not thirty-two. Sorry, because it was eight yeah. this year. Sixteen yeah. person tournament, 16 person, three days. No, two still days. Two. Still do it in two still days. Two. Okay. So the first night, you just the first night is just straight up. You've got your eight matches. Bang. Knock That's them it. out. Yeah. That's it. And then, or even if you did, yeah, you'd probably, you might have to do it over three days. But if you did 16, yeah, you could do it eight matches on night one. And then you, I suppose it might be a bit too tough because then you've got, uh, you'd have to work three matches on the You'd have to work three night. matches. Yeah. No, you'd have to do it over okay. three days. Yeah. You'd have, okay. to, you'd have to have the third day be like an afternoon show or something on the Sunday. Or even if, or even if you wait for the final to be like six weeks later or something and just really build up the just that one final. Yeah. Like you could have this. The I don't like that. I don't like that. I want it all in one weekend because I want to be there. You know? Yeah, fair enough. 
but you can see why where, where they could have that final night be at like the the two nights be at uh, uh, Max Watts, but then the big final where it's Suzuki versus say Ricky. Let's just say that for example's yeah. sake. But then you say, okay, well, Robbie Eagles, Okada, and Will Ospreay are going to go on a six man against the Nations. Yeah. How, who would turn up to that? Like those two matches on the marquee, maybe a Jessica Troy defending her PWWA women's title against you know, hope, you know either someone from Sydney itself or you're bringing in someone, you know, yeah. not yeah. an international but a local from Australia, like a Davis Storm who's you know an absolute dickhead and he's the consummate heel in PWA. Yeah, but, and he's already set up a story with Jessica Troy too. Yeah, but you could do so, it. Yeah, yeah, and. I'll stick. Okay, we'll go back to an eight man because sixteen men just might or sixteen person. Sorry, would be too maybe too hard. But if it's an eight person, you've got to have Suzuki and David Starr at the top and bottom, and then you fill in the other six somehow. Uh, I'd love to see Kellyanne in there after she missed out on the first year. But so many options, it's fantastic. Like, where does Sam Osborne go in two thousand and twenty? Because he hasn't won anything. But I fucking love him. Yeah, he's he's doing well. He's doing yeah. well. Uh, I'm. I try not to fantasy book PWA. I try not to no. fantasy book PWA. But I tell you what, I tell you what, the prefects, oh. they have to become the freshmen or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, they do. They, well, they, they need to change the name now. It depends. How, 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 how good did they, how well did they do in the HSC? Maybe they become the apprentices. <laughs> well, right? see, we can't find, we have to find this out at sword fight because it's like how did they go because their 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 car their thing when they come out now has a green p plate on it because they're 18 yeah <laughs> yeah it's i love it but you got to drop the prefect thing because you're not at school anymore you can't still pre- be a prefect but is there prefects at college though like at some of those fancy exclusive colleges that you know you and i clearly aren't a part of <laughs> i don't know it's, i don't hmm. think so i don't think so Something that needs to be asked, that's for sure. But, mate, we're nearly running yeah. on two hours. Now we are starting to ramble. But overall, it's been the year of Osprey, the year of Adam Cole. We'll sign off with Elevated playing on in the background. We've got our wishes going on for 2020. I can't wait for Wrestle Kingdom in a couple of weeks. Can't wait for Sword Fight. Uh, WrestleMania soon as well. Royal Rumble. Just what a time to be alive, mate. Thanks for doing this, Greg. You're welcome, man. Thank you for having me. I'm just going to bob my head to Elevated as we sign off. See you. Oh!